Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I'm on fire, Rich! You were on fire before, and I'm on fire now! And Rich Crage. Wonderful Christmas time? Yes, it was on earlier today when I, I was driving home from work. It's the worst it. Christmas song that's ever been recorded. It might be the worst song ever recorded. Rhythmically, it's terrible. The lyrics are awful. It's everything about that song. Legitimately the dirt. I mean, like, I, it might be the worst song ever created. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? No, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Great. A little Wednesday, a little Wednesday flagship. Yes. Always brings in the big numbers. So uh, thank you to the real ones that are uh, are not watching Tony Khan's counter-programmed All Elite Wrestling Dynamite tonight on TBS and instead spending a night with us talking about NXT Deadline. <laughs> All Japan Junior Battle of Glory and whatever Freedoms is doing for their Christmas show. You know what? This is the real show. You know what, Tony? All right. Kind of these, these, whenever we do this, these phonies always show up at like nine oh one, right? Right when the oh, show. Oh, ends. the numbers are great. Yeah, that chart. And don't don't Number. don't think that we don't see you. You are seen. We see you, and we know that you're a, a yeah nine oh one. You pop in here. Hey, what's going on? What did I miss? What did I miss? Well, you missed a great show. You. Bastard. Yeah, you know so. what? Who needs you? Don't even show <laughs> we'll up. Just boot them. Just boot them out. <laughs> yeah, go uh, listen. I, I would need them. There are there are ten dollars subscribers. I think we we do need them. I, I would prefer to continue to have them. Yeah, well, Personally. They, they, we should we should find a way to block them out if they're not in at the start of the show. <laughs> oh, and you're they, only allowed if you if you start at the beginning. Yeah, and they can listen to the edited version, like the plebs, okay. later on in the That's week. Fair. If they're not here at the start of the show, if they're because I mean, come on, you could always DVR Dynamite. I mean, how important is that? Right, you can't DVR this. So, I mean, sure, the replay will be up on on YouTube, but I mean, that doesn't. We'll just cut out everything good. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's and not the that's the you, best idea. Actually, is yeah, do an edited yeah. show where we just, just, just mangle it to only the worst parts are left in, and then you're like, well, hey, you you missed the live show. Not only does yeah. that increase ten dollars subscribers because it's like, hey, our show stinks if you don't pay us ten dollars, 
Uh, but then those people know that, yeah, they, they've, they've betrayed us and then we've turned our back on them as we, as we should. Yes. So I think that's how we should handle it. No one has more disdain for our viewers than we do. <laughs> than we, we do. <laughs> I know. You know, I, we, we're always talking shit about the, the listeners. Um, so, well, you know. Have you met a few of these people? I, I mean, come on. They're... Absolute animals. Let me tell you. <laughs> they're, they're animals. Every last one of them. Everyone you know? that I've met. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but every one of you that I've met is is just, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to edit all this out. So. <laughs> right. You won't even. Yeah. See, a lot of you are not even listening because you're watching this stupid show on TBS. Turner Broadcast. We're. Yeah. This is the real stuff here. So, yeah, this will all get edited yeah. out and you'll just hear us be all cheery and go, hey, how's it going, Joe? Hey, how you doing, Rich? All right. Let's talk about final battle. Yeah. You're never going to hear it. So, um, you know, and that's what you get for not showing up <laughs> on 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 time. Um, yeah. You know, Quite frankly, though, Rich, I am I am surprised that um, that there's uh, that that all of the usual listeners aren't here, and that anybody is watching Dynamite. Have you seen wrestling ratings lately? Have Have you seen? I'm going to go over them. I don't. Maybe you're not paying as close attention as maybe I am. Just this is just the last week of wrestling ratings are you ready for this let's go yeah yeah I, I didn't know if this was like an elaborate bit you're like hey you seen this you've been reading about this you, you know like you're a late show host or whatever talking about headlines but uh oh i thought it was a bit okay no you're doing this for real let's do it yeah let's go no i'm like jay leno yeah, i thought you're you were like, like yeah. yeah yeah you've been seeing this you've been hearing about this you've been reading this you know a cut to yeah. kevin eubanks you know going <laughs> as he taps his guitar <laughs> you know like that's what i thought i was getting here i thought i was the kevin eubanks and i was like oh all right yeah you're like, what's the no, deal no. with television ratings? Am I right? Have you heard about this Joey Buttafuoco? <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, got himself yeah. in some trouble. Hey, um, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Grant really got himself in a pickle. Am I right? You've been seeing this? You've been reading about this? <laughs> Tugging the collar, right? right. You know. Um, who's the, I like David, who's the picked... David Letterman guy? Uh, what was his name? Paul something. Paul right? Schaefer. Paul, Paul Schaefer. yes, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, he, but he would also do like the he would drum it while it was happening too. He'd get you know <laughs> like no he no 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 he had the keyboard. Oh, the keyboard. That's right. He had the keyboard. Right, right, right. Yeah. I love how we picked two news stories from 1992. <laughs> right, Hugh Grant go with and Joey Buttafuoco. Joey Buttafuoco, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hugh Grant's a little. That was like 1995, right? Uh, yeah, right. Was... Don't try. Listen, awful dated story. Don't try to. Yeah, there are listeners a... who have no idea what we're talking about. They're like, what Hugh Grant story? They're they're currently feverishly googling to figure out what hugh grant story we're talking about first off who's hugh grant and second and and, and secondly what's the story with hugh grant and, and you'll find i gotta out. say picking up a 20 dollar hooker when you've got prime elizabeth you're hugh Hurley grant at home. <laughs> you're hugh grant no but he, he's got prime elizabeth yes, Hurley yes. at home that's the other thing google prime i don't think she's ever Eliz- left i don't think she's ever left the prime we, we've had this discussion before yeah but google that prime's prime still going elizabeth. no that that prime is i, I i'd argue that prime is still uh, well, is it not? This is the same conversation we had last time, right? Uh, Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Oh, no, no. You're fine. She's fine. Not Prime. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. I will now allow you that, yes, Prime. She's not what she was in her Prime, but she's got to be like 60, so good for her. Prime Elizabeth Hurley has got to be top five for me. Top five all time. That That's that's how high I would rank that. How How high would you rank Prime Elizabeth Hurley? Uh, that's 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 upper echelon for sure. Yeah, that is pantheon tier, right? Prime Elizabeth Hurley, and this man's picking he's up twenty dollar hooker. <laughs> he could just go anywhere and say, "Hello, I am Hugh Grant." 
Yeah. I, well, I think that's why they sometimes go for they, the they, Well, yeah, because, we, we've, we've, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they want to be found out or they don't want to be, you know, so well, it didn't but, work out great. <laughs> no, no, that no, didn't, didn't work. Backfired out. for you. You want to break down the Long Island Lolita and Joey Buttafuoco? <laughs> sure, I'd love to. <laughs> I don't know if I know all the details of the Joey Buttafuoco. So, yeah, do you want to give us the uh, the, the cliff notes on uh, on Big Joe? Should we do a deep dive on Joey Buttafuoco? <laughs> I would uh, love to do that, honestly. He got involved in wrestling um, at some point, didn't he? Or was it just celebrity boxing or something? Boxing. We can uh, we can dig up all the old New York posts and, and, and really go deep on Buttafuoco. No, he was uh, – Banging a teenager behind oh, his wife's back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I can't. And that. Uh, <laughs> then he tried to end things with the teenager, and she shot his wife in the face. So that was the Joey Buttafuoco scandal, circa whatever year that was. But um, what made it so fascinating was he was this typical, you know, Long Island Italian guy. He's exactly that, what you think. If you haven't, if you don't know what Joey Buttafuoco looks like. Don't even Google him. Just close your eyes. He's exactly what you think Joey Buttafuoco, a man named Joseph Buttafuoco, would look like. Close your eyes. Picture a Long Island Italian guy named Joey Buttafuoco in the early 90s who is also a mechanic. Yes. And you got it. Don't Google it. You got it. You're already there. That's him. You've, you've, You've nailed it. If you've pictured that in your head, I guarantee you he looks exactly like you're picturing. Um. So, yeah, he, uh. That was definitely uh, some some late night uh, uh, fodder during its time, but um, yeah, when statutory rape was a joke. <laughs> Amy Amy Fisher, I believe, was the shooter. Amy Fisher. Okay. Um, and she uh, in, in one of the many television version television movie versions of the Joey Buttafuoco story. Uh, Amy Fisher was played by Alyssa Milano, which may have been the perfect, most perfect casting. Wow. Okay. All right. Since we discussed Dan Loria playing Vince Lombardi, which you can't get any more perfect than that. I think that uh, Amy Fisher portrayed by Alyssa Milano, who's also top five Joe Lanza Pantheon tier, by the way, uh, prime Alyssa Milano. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, yeah, she's clearly, she's of, definitely in the top five. You know what I mean? I was kind of having and hawing on her early. Uh, Milano is a, a, a no doubt or top, all, all oh, time, top five, all time. Top all right. Five. She, she's like the holy demon army of your top five. Yes. Like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. You don't have to think about no, it. She's no, just no, in. No, in. Yeah. Just in. Yeah. No, I understand. And Look, st- I, I mean, it. still, no. still, still. No, listen. Far. Still not I, out of the top ten, I'll tell you, you that. Know, yeah, absolutely would, sir. I absolutely would. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um. So did you hear about these wrestling ratings? Uh, <laughs> no, hold on a minute. I, I didn't. Re- there is a wrestling connection with Joey Botafuco. Do you remember that? So we t- we said no, it's a boxing thing, but it's yeah. a wrestling thing as well. So here's media appearances for Joey Botafuco. Long Wikipedia entry, by the way, for this. You got to scroll down a little bit uh, to get to. Uh, in 2002, uh, Botafuco per- uh, participated in celebrity boxing, originally slated to oppose John Wayne Bobbitt. You've been hearing about this. You've been seeing about this. Guy got his dick oh. cut off. That's that guy. Uh, yeah. who dropped out after being arrested for domestic abuse. So all, all really cool people involved in these uh, celebrity boxings. All Hold really... on a second, Freeze. John Wayne Bobbitt got his dick cut off for being an asshole towards women and then still got arrested for domestic yes. abuse again at some point? You would think... He'd learn his lesson and getting not your be an gimmick, asshole. You would think getting your gimmick cut off would learn that lesson for you. Apparently not for one John Wayne Bobbitt. So incredible. He was replaced, and the replacement 
was China. Oh, pro wrestler China. Yes, yes. So Botafogo, despite being booed, one I don't know why that's relevant to the discussion at all. Butafuku, despite being booed, won the fight in a majority decision, 29-28, 29-27, 28-28, in case you're curious on the scoring. I'm very glad that Wikipedia has has, has kept, kept the celebrity boxing scoring between Butafuku, uh and, and Joni Lauer. Uh, but Butafuku, uh, despite being booed, I don't know why that, again, why that's relevant, but uh, he won the fight, uh, majority decision uh, against China. So there is your wrestling reference to... Um, Joey Botafuco and, and and pro wrestling. So now you may do your actual bit that you were trying to do. I got to tell you, I think that uh, Botafuco probably would have taken out Bobbitt too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he would have destroyed him. If he had his cardio, because Botafuco was like a thick guy. <laughs> he was like, a thick guy, but he looks like he's been in a few fights before. He looks like he's been in many fights. Yeah, that's that's why I'm going with uh with, Like John Wayne Bobbitt's like, yeah, he's all fucking, he's a pussy. As we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I feel like Botafuco's a street guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's know, got he's that, he, and he looks like yeah. your, he looks like your uncle, like your, I, I mean you as in you, Joe, your I, uncle. I have, like, I, I have, have an a, uncle that I have like a, I have Botafuco, a... but you definitely do. <laughs> I have a couple uncles that resemble Joey Butterfield. And those guys are all strong. They're just like old man strong. Yeah. Like they give you the handshake and you're like, oh man, reel it in there. But like... I've got an uncle who looks like Joey Butterfuco, who every time it comes up reminds us that he sacked Joe Theismann in high school and damn near ended his career. <laughs> Oh, so he bring, he's like, it wasn't that injury that almost killed him. It was my sack that almost killed Joe Theismann. I love it. Damn near, damn near ended his career. Are the exact words every time he tells <laughs> every the story. Time. Joe Theismann, of course, does he tell like a new? South. Yeah, he played a significant career after that. He played. He played for South River High School in New Jersey. Joe Theismann and my uncle claims he sacked him his senior year and quote damn near ended his career. And picture Joey Buttafuoco saying that because that's yes. my uncle. Like. <laughs> that's, that's your uncle. And it just tracks, right? Like absolutely, yeah, yeah. Of course, my uncle he's would chomping be on a he's chomping on a cigar or something like that, you know. Of course, my uncle would be a defensive end that looks like Joey Botafogo, <laughs> right? Who's still clean to glory from forty six years ago? More, probably more. Yeah, than actually, that, at this point, more. Jesus, yeah, you're right. It had to be that had to be the sixties. Joe Theismann in high school. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, he was a prime. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You would pro- you'd probably answer that question better than I would about. Well, bro- okay, well he broke his leg in '85, the LT game. Where but that was already pretty leg. deep. That was already pretty deep. In his deep, career. deep into his career. Um, I think he he here. Let's see uh, when he played at Notre Dame. Joe Theismann. Did you know Joe Theismann? Rich announced his name Feesman until he got to Notre Dame, and he changed it to Theismann because it rhymed with Heisman. And he thought it would increase his chances of winning the award. No way. You know is that, that is. is that real? It's a fact, yes. Wow. Um, that's he, I mean, he, I want to say that's dorky, but yeah, he was drafted in the fourth round of the 1971 NFL draft. He played at Notre Dame from 68 to 70. Okay. So he played in high school from what 63 to 67? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay, mid 60s. Yeah, so we're talking mid 60s. That's what? That's a 60-year-old story that I still hear. <laughs> Every time. Any Anytime, like, the NFL comes up, you know, he'll work it in somehow. <laughs> and you know he's just waiting to do it, too. Everybody must know at this point, too, right? Just, we've all heard it a million times. <laughs> it's one of them stories, like, he's not doing it as a bit. Like, he thinks he's, re- like, he's, but and he says it the same way. Every time, too. Damn near ended his career. All right. Uncle Tony, we get it. Yes, his name is Tony. <laughs> of course. Tony. Um, 
you know, why wouldn't it Uncle be? Tony. Of course um, his name's Uncle Tony. Yeah. Uncle Tony, who looks like Joey Buttafuoco. So, <laughs> um, so Rich, have you seen these TV ratings, Rich? Have you seen these I TV haven't. Ratings? Yeah, I have. They're not. Uh, yeah. This is a full week of just atrocious TV ratings across the board. Um, last week's Dynamite, a point two six. Point two six, Rich Krejci. Um, now, let me ask you this. They did well the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. They did their best number ever for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the week before that. But the week before that, they had a down number. So if Dynamite doesn't do a good number tonight, okay, we might be in for like a three-week trend if you throw out the Thanksgiving number, right? Thanksgiving number. Might Which is the weirdest one. I Honestly, that's almost the weirdest one of all of these is because they were, like you said, they were kind of trending in a, in, in a not very good way. And then all of a sudden the show where they're supposed to do terrible because they always do terrible. It's the biggest bar day of the year. Everyone's out doing something. You know, that, that, that key demo is either out partying or at a bar doing whatever, getting ready for Thanksgiving, whatever. And that was like a good rating, and that that just yeah that that kind of stunned me and surprised me when that rating came out. And I was like, oh, okay, well then we're they're just going to kind of keep riding this momentum. And then the next week, which should be up, which should be a decent number, what we saw last week uh, was just absolutely awful. So uh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. It's going to be very very fascinating to see what this week does. Hey, I need to do a nurse running. Oh, close your eyes. I'm not closing my eyes. Joe. Close your eyes. I'm closing my eyes. Okay. She brought I'm home sorry, a cat. Joe. I hope you did. You bring home a cat, please. Not, Okay. Did you bring up another dog? No! Okay, good. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, look at me. Uh oh, she got bangs. Does it look good? It looks oh, good, I, yeah. genuine reaction. It looks good. It looks good. It looks good. Are you saying it looks good because I'm your wife or because it looks good? It looks good. I think I pull it off better than you thought. I yeah, was yeah, you do. <laughs> to be fair, this. <laughs> Me <laughs> this morning, I was like, I'm getting my hair cut, and you're like, No bangs. Yeah, I did. That's a shoot, Joe. Bang, I did say that. Bangs stink, did... but I think it turned out better than you. It thought. looks okay. Yeah, they look, they look okay. solid. They look solid. They look solid. Okay or good? <laughs> okay to good. Okay to good. So moderate, uh, more towards the good than the okay. Okay, fairly moderate, I, closer I to cre- good. I, I know Craig. He hates this haircut. <laughs> Closer to good. Closer to good. Okay. He despises like this haircut. The rest of the haircut, then. The rest of the hair is very short. Shorter than usual. For I you. did not think it was going to get this. Yeah, you got kind of short. Yeah, you got kind of short. She was just cutting away, and she's like, ah, and I was like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> you um, went nuts. I thought, hair, I thought she was going to cut an intro. <laughs> I'm glad that we're having this conversation she here. She cut yeah. three inches off my hair. That's a like, lot of oh, inches. Okay, I thought yeah. We were just going like one inch, but here we are. Fuck it. You already cut the bangs. Go for it. <laughs> So that's all. Okay. There you go. Good, moderate. So what did I say? Fairly moderate. <laughs> I think it was a little bit better than fairly I moderate. Know, no, okay. Three. No, no, no. Get out of here. <laughs> Got to hit the bricks. Three and a quarter okay. star haircut. <laughs> right about there. Yeah. So yeah, I knew you didn't like it. I knew it. I could tell. I could hear it in your voice. We've been doing this eleven years. That was a that was a three and a quarter star haircut in your eyes. That's. That's when I talk about a match I really liked, and you don't want to break my heart that you didn't really like it. That's the same tone. That yeah, I'm like, yeah, it was all right. Haircut. I like parts of yeah. it. I like parts. <laughs> yeah, that's. I could tell that you didn't like that haircut. I could. I could tell. Um, I've known you longer than her, so that, I, I could is, tell. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. I, I could tell that you didn't like that haircut. Um, yeah, so dynamite that stunk. Um, how about the rampage with the point zero eight? And 361,000 viewers. 
what was funny was when uh Brandon Thurston questioned Khan on the rampage numbers today. Khan had he offered no spin. He just admitted that they were terrible yeah. and said, Yeah, uh, we gotta study what used to draw before and try to do that again. Well, and having all hands good shows with good wrestlers on it is probably a good way to start. All all hands on deck, he said, with the healthy roster. Here's the problem with that. He said that last time. Yeah, that's Remember what I'm saying. He, like, I, I I thought I was in a bizarre world where I read that quote, the all hands on deck and we're going to focus and this Friday. And I'm like, man, that sounds awfully familiar. And I went back to our last analysis of uh, after all out, right, or before all out. And the same thing was said. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, we all kind of thought that would be it. And I think that maybe there was a week or two. And I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting my my I, I don't really, you know, remember all the Rampage shows or whatever. But um I do recall there being a, a like one or two rampages that were like, all right, this is pretty good. There's some stakes here. And then right back to the normal. And that's kind of what's always happened with rampage. And, and it, it's why people, when that, when rampage first got announced, people said, Hey, is this a B show? And he, he fought back on it. No, 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 it's not a B show. And, and we've always talked about, it was the CM Punk show for a long, long time. And he carried that show. And that was a big reason. But even during the punk run, it started to kind of lose a little bit of its steam and lose a little bit of a momentum. And it just kind of became, it was a B show, and that's what it's been now for quite a while. And I don't, I don't know how you get people regularly watching that uh, uh, again. And I think, uh, I think it was Brandon, you know, before mentioned Brandon Thurston, who brought up one of the best points that that you know that that I can remember about uh, about Rampage and 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 where it is in the pecking order is that none of the seven Young Bucks Death Triangle matches are on Rampage, not a single one. Yeah, and you would think if like you're desperately trying to get people to start watching that show again and take it as a serious show and not as a B show, which is what it's been, you know, match four can't be on rampage match five can't be, you know what I mean? Like any, no, do you want to have your top, top ones? Yeah, of course you want them to be on dynamite. You want to draw ratings to dynamite, but yeah, just having none of them on rampage is, was, was, was definitely uh, kind of strange. And, and yeah, now we're, you know, you watch rampage and it's Cole Carter and Darby Allen's kind of been the quote unquote big star of rampage lately, but that's not enough. You, you need a little bit more than the, Darby. Last time he said, I got my healthy roster and we're going to go. He, he put mocks on it two weeks in a row. That, okay. That bad. must be, that's, that's what I'm thinking of then. The mocks. He, he had mock two mocks matches in a row. I think two weeks in a row. And then it was just kind of back to the same old shit, but he gave the same answer this time of, Oh, I've, I got my healthy roster back. It's got to be all hands on deck, but you know, he gave that answer last time and, and, and it was all talk, no action. If I'm like a, a Warner brothers discovery person, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, what are we doing here? Now we're doing 0.08. I mean, it was one thing when we were doing 0.15s, we can live with that at 10 o'clock. That's not that bad. Okay. We don't want to live in the point twos anymore. All right. But, but you know, we can, we can't live with 0.08. I mean, that's, that's just a really 361,000 viewers. I mean, that's just a, a really poor number. So um, they've got to do something about that. But, you know, I think, that horrendous rampage number has really obscured something else because the SmackDown number came out the same day. And this was an FS one SmackDown because of, I believe I want to say it was a, um, maybe the pack 12 championship game. I'm not hundred percent. Yeah. Positive. I don't recall what was on on Friday. Maybe somebody in the of chat room can let us it was know. College football game of some type, but, um, 902,000 viewers in a point two five. And what I find interesting about this is this is basically the same range that SmackDown does every time they're moved to fs1 um and it really shows you the power of being on network tv because if smackdown were on fs1 every week and on an uh uh somewhat you know for all for the sake of the argument an equal playing field as dynamite 
even though TBS has slightly more viewers than FS1, it's not a super significant difference in total viewership. I mean, total homes, rather. Um, SmackDown and Dynamite would really be neck and neck. And I feel like SmackDown would probably, you know, because if SmackDown were on FS1 every week, the number would be a little higher than these random one-offs because people would get used to it. They would know. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So you have to factor that in. Plus the weeks that they're on FS1, obviously that means there's a big sporting event on Fox and there's monster competition. So they would do bigger numbers than they've done during the one-offs. And I do think they would probably beat dynamite most weeks. I don't think they'd beat them every week. And I think it would be sort of a, a, you know, a, a real, you know, back and forth battle between SmackDown and Dynamite, if SmackDown were on FS1 regularly. And I, and, and I don't think enough is, you know, we have enough data points now with SmackDown being on FS1 to, to confidently say that. And I don't think enough people talk about that. And I know I've made this point before, and I know people thought I was nuts the last time, but if I'm a Fox executive and I'm paying attention to this shit, you know, I, I think I let WWE walk. And I go after AEW in the next round for Friday nights on Fox because you're going to get them at a, at a, at a significant discount. Right, you're not going to and have to pay I think, a billion dollars for them or whatever you're going to have to pay right, for WWE this time around. And whatever that discount is that you get is going to make up for the difference in ratings because I do not think Dynamite would put up SmackDown-level numbers on Fox, but you're also getting it at a significantly cheaper price. And when you do all the math on that, you might come out ahead. You might come out ahead when you, you, like you're saying, you don't have to pay them a billion dollars and, you know, the ratings are slightly lower, but you're getting comparable ad rates and all those sorts well, of things. And, and then you get rid of the messy thing that, that, that we know has been a point of contention from day one is, is that WWE is kind of double dipping here. They got half of their stuff in Fox and half of their stuff in, 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 in USA Universal, and NBC Universal yeah. or whatever. And it's like. There's a little bit of a there's always a weirdness of that. And we and we've seen it come up a few times where Fox, you know, it, it has been bandied about that. Like Fox executives are like, hmm, wait a minute, like, why are they getting this sir? you know, the same thing on USA? Like, wait, hold on. Why are why are they getting this? You know, and they're both paying a pretty penny for, for WWE. So it kind of gets rid of that. If you just, you know, buy all that stuff, buy, buy Rampage, buy Dynamite, take it all, you know, put put Rampage on FS1, put Dynamite on Fox. I'm with you. It, it, it would be a, a lot cleaner. But then you get into the. I guess the discussion of does Turner have any actual stake in AEW or with I, right. I don't know. And that, that well, I'm working off the assumption. They don't, yeah. of course, but if I look, look, if I'm Tony Khan, okay, I have Mookie, give them a call or whoever does this. Of course. I make the call myself to Fox. And I say, look, you can get us for 60% of the cost and we'll deliver 80% of the rating. Right. You at least have to make that call. Sure. Because, if you get dynamite on the network, you know, you, you might double your viewership or somewhere in that neighborhood. And of course, that means on paper, more pay-per-view buys, more sell more tickets, sell more merchandise, all of those things that come along with having double the audience. So um, you know, that's again, I've been talking about this for six months. I think that's something to keep an eye on in the next round. Um, but we'll see. Uh Raw. 1.536 and a 0.41 down 8% in total viewers. Did you see that drop? That chart, in, that in quarter third, hour third, chart. Oh, the third hour. Oh, my God. Oh. People, people will lose their fucking minds when a Dynamite main event loses 10,000 viewers. But when the third hour of Raw 
falls completely off the fucking table to the point you have to expand the fucking chart to fit it. No one says a peep. It's incredible. You know, it's like young bucks, the elite and the death triangle main event last week lost like whatever it was, you know, the same range that main events very, that the, that the eighth quarter hour often lose viewers and people acted like, you know, that was, that was a true test of who knows what they're talking about with ratings and who doesn't the dynamite quarter hours. When pe- the people who were going on and on about the elite and the death triangle match bombing in the, uh, in, in the eighth quarter hour, when very often we all know, you know, people who pay attention know this, that final quarter hour of most of these shows lose, lose you know, very often will lose viewers. That's not unusual at all. So, you know, the people who harped on about that right there is an indicator. Those are people you don't need to listen to when it comes to ratings. But the entire third hour of Raw, I mean, you know, for people who have access to the to the quarters with WrestleNomics or you know, maybe the Observer had them. I don't even know this week if they – well, that, that Observer wouldn't have come out yet, I guess. Um, what a disaster that third hour was. And, you know, that speaks to a large point, Rich. You know, this bloodline shit. And we're not going to do the bloodline. Listen, <laughs> we're not, we're not do doing that, that again. again. Yeah, but uh, it, we probably we probably will. But we're not going to. We're going to try not, not to do that not again this week. But soon again, we will. We will touch base on the greatest story in wrestling history. That's well, not okay, making right, anybody right. watch the show more than they were before. Yeah, this thing doesn't fucking draw. <laughs> this is the 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 raw after the pay per view didn't do well. This Raw was the lowest total viewership since Halloween. And we all know the Halloween shows always do terrible viewership. This week's Raw was the lowest. So it went down from last week. Okay. The uh, SmackDown, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, the .25 on FS1. Didn't do a great number the week before either. Okay. The pay-per-view itself. Dave Meltzer tracks the Google searches. And for years and years and years, he has proven that there is a correlation between Google searches and pay-per-view buys, boxing, wrestling, MMA, right? This is something that Dave believes in, and he has proven that there's a correlation. The Google searches were not great for Survivor Series, okay? The Survivor, the initial Survivor Series pay-per-view numbers, and I get it, pay-per-view is not a major revenue stream for WWE, but it is still a helpful indicator in overall interest in a given show. Right, the scale has changed. The scale isn't isn't relevant. Like, what, what, what was... Right. The amount being bought in 1998 is not relevant to the amount being bought in 2022, but the the data is still relevant. The data of how did this show do compared to one two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, five well, months because ago? If, yeah. yeah, because if you look at WWE pay-per-view buys, traditional pay-per-view buys, it's still the biggest shows that do the most buys and the B shows that do lesser amount of buys. So there's a definitely a correlation between traditional pay-per-view buys and interest in a show, which is why... Meltzer still looks at it because it's relevant to the to just to gauge interest, right? Even though it's not a prime revenue driver, and you know because these shows will do less than you know, they're doing well under you know six figures in terms of total buys because most people watch on Peacock, but you still have people who either aren't hardcore enough fans to subscribe to Peacock and maybe they watch the wrestling now and then and they get hooked by a pay per view. You still have people who have poor internet service and don't trust the streaming. So they order the pay-per-views and you still have people who just can't get internet. My in-laws where they live 40 minutes from me in Texas, can't buy internet. They, 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 no one will service them because of where they live. They literally cannot buy it. If they want internet, they have to have a tower built on their roof and go through that expense and that hassle. Uh, it's the only way they can get it. They, they, they cannot have someone come out and provide them internet. 
So you have a lot of people in rural areas like that that might buy pay-per-view. So there's still people out there who are buying pay-per-views. And it does give you, like Rich said, a scaled level of interest in a show. The point here is Survivor Series, when the initial round of numbers came out, came in as the second lowest purchased WWE pay-per-view, only beating the last Saudi show. Now, when the final numbers came out, there was a little bit of of a bump, and it finished in the normal range of a B show. Right. Does that scream that this bloodline, uh, you know, angle is super hot? Right. No, then, and, then, and, and that's, I mean, it's Survivor Series, which hasn't meant anything in a long, long, long time. I did a study about that many, many years ago on Voices of Wrestling, but they clearly intended for it to mean something more by doing the war games thing, by, by trying to kind of re, reinvent Survivor Series as not being Survivor Series, but instead being war games or whatever. So they clearly put a little bit of muscle behind it to try to make it yeah. not just be a B show. And that didn't work. Plus, like you said, we're, we're, we're supposedly watching this greatest wrestling story of all time, one that's hooking people like they've never been hooked before. But nobody knew was watching so the show. <laughs> no one is watching other than the people that were watching before anyway. There was below average interest in the pay-per-view. Both of the Raws that have followed since have done terrible numbers and dropping, you know, the, the SmackDowns haven't done great numbers. The Google searches were down. And... You know, so how this thing doesn't seem this thing is so great, yet it, you know it's this thing that's like so critically acclaimed, but it, it obviously it, it doesn't have it's not affecting, uh, you know, business in any in any measurable way. I mean, I'm not making any of this stuff up. So can we maybe pump the brakes a little on 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 how great this is and how it, it's just it, you know, the ratings are in a shitter. And no one cared about the pay-per-view. And I don't give a shit. Let, let me say something. This Peacock internal document that they fed the Fightful that uh, somehow got, yeah. that mysteriously got into Fightful's hands. I wonder how <laughs> that's that, so strange. And, and, it, and if you think that's a shot at Fightful, then you don't understand what I'm saying. Okay? People made sure that that internal document from Peacock got into the hands of the media where they were touting all of these. And that's how you know, too, the show didn't do particularly well because they were, uh, you know, they were getting the PR out. All these goofy numbers. Oh, this Survivor Series, was it was up 26% in total views from the Survivor Series the year before. Peacock has doubled their subscriber right. base. <laughs> and year. that's and and if you don't, if Dave has mentioned that before, he he when when that news came out, he kind of said, well, I mean, yeah, Peacock has you know double the amount of people that they had last year, so it would stand a reason that of course you would double the you know you'd get more people watching if more people have the service. It, it's not necessarily yeah, and that's we're, we're in that period now with, with with WWE where like you look at the we're in a post. Like you, you can't really analyze their business without kind of digging a little bit deeper. If you just go to the surface level and you just look at stuff that's being said and, and fed or whatever, like, yeah, it, it, for a streaming service like that, it, I, I, I'm not going to attribute that. I, I can't attribute that to, to, to solely being WWE, you know, interest level is, is increasing because, yeah, uh, Peacock in general is doing double. And, and I'm sure they're feeding the same press releases to people about, you know, fucking whatever show that is the new streaming thing on, on Peacock. Whoa, it's doing this. It's doing that. Like, that's just, you know, so I, that, that was a very interesting thing to come out where, where without context, you go, whoa, okay, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, knowing what's actually happening, it's like, oh, hold on. That's not no, exactly well, I mean, the same thing. My very first thought was, all right, what's why why are they pushing? Why are they making sure spin gets into the hands of the media? That was my first thought when I saw that internal document being reported. 
And now we know why, because you look at all the other indicators and interest in Survivor Series was down on all these other markers. And they put out an internal document that that had a bunch of spin on it. I mean, all of their pay-per-views should be up in views because they've doubled their subscriber base. It's just, you know, it doesn't mean anything. In fact, you should be way, I don't remember if it was exactly 26%, but you should be up way higher than that if you've doubled your subscriber base. So um, that just reeked of bullshit as soon as I, I saw that thing going around. And, you know, then you look at some of the deeper numbers. And look, the bottom line here is you can't tell me this is some red hot storyline when you look at the ratings. You can't. You can't tell me that. There's no way you can. It just right. Isn't. You can say I think this is a good story, or I I am interested by this story. But yeah, the 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 tripping over yourself to say you know this is the greatest. We now have to discuss this as one of the greatest wrestling stories of all time. It's like oh, hold on. Like, Why is it drawing any money now? Look, Survivor Series sold out, but all their pay per views sell out. Okay, you know I I haven't really paid attention to Raw and SmackDown. Maybe they're you know selling a lot of tickets too. I don't know. Maybe their their you know live ticket business is good right now, and that might be one area where they're doing okay. But um, you know, you can't call this a hot storyline until it starts moving business. That's just the way this works. Um, NXT five hundred forty three thousand viewers and a point one three. That's the lowest total viewership since May thirty first. Down seventeen percent. Down three percent in the demo. Another atrocious number, and that's the go-home show for this. Uh, what's the name of this PLE we're going to talk about uh, This today? is uh, NXT D-E-A-D-1. <laughs> line, no, the deadline. It, it's it's deadline, but they, they're putting a 1 uh, instead of the I in, in deadline. I just misspelled deadline there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. deadline um, with the Iron Survivor Challenge, which we'll talk about in a bit. Rich, you want bad numbers. I'll give you more bad numbers. You know what Women of Wrestling did this week? Oh, Jesus Christ. Did did anybody watch it? Did the rating come in with zero? Sorry, nobody watched this. 218,000 viewers, a .04, their second lowest number ever. I am surprised it's that high. That's the end of that. Is that bad that I'm um, not surprised? Now, here's what's interesting about Women of Wrestling. Okay, Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's interesting about Women of Wrestling, but, but carry on. 70% of their viewership are women. Which totally okay. bucks, which totally bucks the trend of all over te- of of other television wrestling, where there's really no discernible pattern that women who watch WWE or AEW want to see women wrestlers more than male wrestlers. There's never been any kind of pattern to indicate that. Yet, the all women show has seventy percent female viewership. That's something to you know. That's something useful that we can get out of the women of wrestling before it's promptly canceled at the end of the season, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because this thing is not lasting. There's just no way. No. I watched it once, and it was fucking atrocious. It was beyond bad. I mean, completely unwatchable, just total junk. I couldn't even get through the whole hour. Uh, but if you know anything about David McLean and his vision of pro wrestling, it's it always sucks. junk. Yeah, it's junk. It's been junk for 30 years now, and it continues to be junk. So, Impact, Rich. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do them like this. 74,000 viewers, 0.02. What was that, 74,000? Yes, sir. Wait, what did women's of wrestling, women of wrestling did 128? 218,000. 218? 
It impacted yeah. what was that again? Seventy four thousand. Now, women of wrestling reaches far more homes. Sure, right. Women of wrestling, I think, reaches almost a hundred percent of homes in the United States. Believe it or not, they have. I think they have the best clearance out of any show other I than SmackDown. I think you're right. Yeah, when you add in all the, so, all the all the regional networks and stuff, yeah, I think you're right. Nah, yeah, they're on like syndicated and and they're on everywhere. So you know, I think they're on. They have you know. So you have to take that into account. I think I'd rather do a .02 on Axis than a .04 with 98% clearance, right? I mean, I don't know. But um, I got one more, Rich. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, no. Following Impact. You want to guess their demo number? Okay, so Impact. what was Impact's demo number? Uh, I think New Japan was featuring action from the G1. Action from the G1. Either the the semifinal or the final. uh, Very relevant in in mid-December. Point zero zero, right? It's got to be lower than point zero zero. It's got to have fallen off the board, right? New Japan did 58,000 total viewers and a zero in the demo. Yeah. I believe the first time they've hit the goose egg. The goose egg in the demo. Yeah. Boy, that's. Yeah. So something like maybe 10,000 viewers in the demo or something. Maybe. Probably less. That reminds me of uh, when the Astros were tanking and they would locally do so few viewers that Nielsen couldn't couldn't (laughs) measure it. And Nielsen can't measure. Anything lower than five thousand viewers, I think. Yeah, so it gave you it gave you a shining light of just how bad we're talking here, how few people were actually watching this. Yeah, so you'd have Astro games where less than five thousand people in like the fourth biggest city in America were watching, and they'd get an asterisk instead of even a number for their rating during the tank. That's what this New Japan number reminds me of doing a zero in the demo. So uh yeah that's that period where everybody was trying to get wrestling on their on their networks um nobody's watching wrestling man yeah. right now <laughs> it kind of sucks I'll be honest somebody who watches a lot of wrestling every week it's not great it's not great all the time well it's... i mean why would anyone watch raw like it stinks you know why would anyone watch rampage right now go out of their way to watch rampage right yeah and 5 month old new japan's not exactly you know getting me excited yeah, yeah. that so, impact that impact number is i mean and and there's some stuff that i like in impact and there's things you know every day every time when i check it out you know there's like half the show i enjoy and the other half i kind of hate and it's just but man those numbers are just like they they may as well just be off the board you know they they are so irrelevant to the larger wrestling landscape at this point you, you know and that's Numbers like that are just it, – it, it's stunning when, when you read them because it's like that. this is a company that's now been around for 10-plus years. That's – that's you know, a whole network is basically buoyed by impact. This whole access thing is buoyed by impact, and, and that's – you know, those are the numbers they pull. It's just like, man, what are we – those are low. Those are low numbers. <laughs> so low for a weekly – I don't know, man. Yeah, nobody watches wrestling. Well, I watched the NXT this week, and – Honest to God, I don't know how anybody watches that show. I've heard it's improved. <laughs> Who are you hearing that from? It's uh, terrible. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people will say that uh, it is it has improved a lot lately. And they, maybe is it better than it was during like the, the worst of the worst 
NXT 2.0 days. Like, I think that's I maybe the, the the comp. It can't be any worse than what I saw this week. I can't imagine it's been, if it's any worse than what I saw. You had Braun Breakar out on a fishing boat for some reason. <laughs> what? I don't know. He's out on a fishing boat on a okay. fucking lake. Um, you know, you've got. Uh, Is that their like attempt to like humanize him or something? <laughs> what? I guess. Okay. The, the problem with NXT is like. The same problem, it, it's a wider problem with WWE, except it's worse than NXT, where every character on the show is just inhuman. They're these cartoonish caricatures of real human beings that don't behave, speak, act, look like humans. You know what I mean? Like uh, Isla Dawn's doing this spooky gimmick where she just doesn't talk like a real person and she makes scary faces and like I don't know, it's just so passe and old. You know the 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 uh, the uh, the Chase University people. You know that Thea Hale, and it's not her fault because she's doing what they ask her to do. And I do think there's something there with her. There's a, an obvious charisma, but you know, doing like this, portraying like this childlike cheerleader character that's all spunky and jumping around, it's like just act like a normal person. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, like, the th- that, that of what I've watched with them, if they ju- if that was the only character that was kind of over the top or weird or whatever, because the Chase U stuff has always been kind of tongue in cheek, weird, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And if that was all that was on the show, if that was, and the rest of the show was pretty normal people and normal things or whatever, I don't think it would be as bad, but I'm with you. It's just yet another, like just weird character that doesn't actually exist in real life or whatever. But you know, she does a good job with it. She, she, she's like, I'm, I'm with you that, because she's only what nineteen at this point, eighteen, nineteen at the. I mean, there's a lot you could do with her, and I think that, I think she's got a ton of potential. But yeah, this is this is certainly not the way to borrow from a uh, from our boy Butch. This is this is not the way. They still have Wendy Chu wearing pajamas oh, and being sleepy and, and sl- sl- sipping her cup. Yeah, all right. Cool. It's a dead end gimmick. She's not going anywhere with that gimmick. You can't put that on the main roster. You know, it's uh, the show is just. I don't even know the word for it. Uh, corny, childlike, um, just sucks. The word for it is it fucking sucks. And I don't know how anybody watches that show on a week in, week out basis. Indy Hartwell's been in NXT for years and she's still fucking stinks. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta shit to get off the pot with, uh, with, with old Indy there. Just cut her. Is Indy Hartwell ever going to be anything? I mean, she never gets any better. But she's like at least not a cartoon like the rest of the people on that show. Everyone else is portrayed as like a total cartoon. It's it's uh it's an unwatchable wrestling show. It's it's NXT since the change to 2.0 and now I guess whatever they are now it's still basically the same thing without the rainbow colors. Um it's probably the worst major league pro wrestling television show of all time at this point. I think we could safely say that. Um it's it because it's never been good ever, like not not there hasn't ever. Been, yeah there hasn't been one episode that you sat down and were like all right slap your hands together like well, that's a hell of an episode of television they they they're they're not doing that they're trying they're actively trying not to do that it seems like I, I can't imagine a functioning normal adult sitting down to enjoy that show and what's ironic is it has the oldest all right I think we are back hopefully that has solved all the issues for everybody Joe you are back hello. Uh, hopefully we, we we got it. I, there was an update to my streaming software today that I did, and I think it messed with some of the settings. But I think we're good. I think we're back. 
Uh, so the people in the note up chat will let us know if we are not back or if we're not good or they can't hear us. But uh, I think they're good. I think we're good. And hopefully the stream will be uh, good to go uh, the rest of the time. So it's just it's just an image. I don't know. I mean, come on, YouTube. I'm just I'm sending an image to you. <laughs> Should be fine. But yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not my internet either. It's not Xfinity trying to fuck with me like they were uh, a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But we're back. Hello. Hi. Is it going to affect the uh, the uh, the the edited version of the show? No, no, because we we didn't leave YouTube. We we I, I stopped sending a signal to YouTube, but YouTube has continued our our, our feed. So it might just be a, a little bit of blank space that I'll cut out in the edited version. No, but I mean the the first you know half hour of the show will that be choppy for the listeners that listen? Uh, the... That we will find out. Yes, I don't oh, know. I don't know. Fantastic. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully um, not. Uh, I do do a backup recording, so hopefully that sounds good as well. But we'll see what uh, what ends up happening. So hopefully, hopefully not, but we'll we'll see. So people can go back and listen. Hopefully to that. I think so. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was like cutting out a ton for it, but it was it was it was in and out. It was it buffering a little bit for people. So hopefully it'll be okay. But yeah, if if. If for whatever reason you're listening to the first half of the show and you're like, God damn it, what happened to these guys? That 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 is why. But I I do a backup recording, so hopefully either that or or the video itself will be fine for for anybody that goes back and listens. So sorry. Listen, my my words are gold. So if they need to go back and if they missed anything that I had to say, uh, hopefully they can go back and uh, and re-listen to that entire. How long did we go? Oh no no, that, that, you know minutes? that will be. They might be they might get some buffering, but they will be able to hear it. No doubt. The first it's on the video. It's locked in. It's all good to go. You don't understand. Now what? Now understand I'm fine. We're good. No, we're fine. We're fine. No, but I was saying, but what I, what, okay, what I'm trying to say, Spider, is, is it going to be choppy when they go back and listen to it? Like um, it was when they originally listened to it. It might. It might. Yes, Hopefully not. Hopefully not, but it might. Yeah. All right. Ideally, no, but uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, technology. Well, well now. Well, now what? Do we read an ad or something? Like, what do we do? Uh, well, this is a terrible time to read an ad, so I don't know. No, let's not do that. Let's, uh, do you want to talk about NXT uh, deadline? NXT, we, we were discussing NXT, and I guess now is the, uh, the great time to talk about NXT D-E-A-D-L-1-N-E. You ready? I'll give you a great example of why NXT fucking stinks. <laughs> Naming their show Deadline with a one okay. instead of an that's- I? That's another example, but I'm going to give you a great example why this why it fucking stinks. It was the Iron Survivor Challenge roundtable. Well, thing? that we'll get to that fucking atrocity. <laughs> um, <laughs> first of all, after Halloween Havoc, I don't know how anyone could be looking forward to the show for, for their next I'll, NXT ple. Oh yeah, I think Halloween Havoc is my worst show of the year. I, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on the Halloween Havoc, Rich, for worst show of the year. If you want to pitch me a worse one, go ahead. But I'm going to – I think – We really – yeah, I really didn't want to watch wrestling ever again after that. So that might be – The Halloween Havoc show really made me question whether I wanted to keep doing this, whether I wanted to keep watching wrestling, whether <laughs> I wanted to really find a new hobby like collect stamps or something instead yeah, of doing this. Coin collecting, look, look for some buffalo nickels out there in the wild. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe grab, get a pair of binoculars and start bird watching. Oh, birding. Anything. Yeah, bird watching's great. I'll, I'll bird with you. Fucking birding, fucking looking at fucking uh, butterflies, whatever the fuck, okay? Because that was, I, th- I I think that's my worst show of the year, and I don't expect this one to be, because NXT, so Thea Hale, well, back to the Thea Hale, Rich. She gets all excited because she has challenged uh, Spooky Isla Dawn, and she's jumping up and down. Like, Is it Isla or Isla? I've always called her Isla, but it's I. it's what? 
You know, I think that I don't care. <laughs> I guess I that's how, okay. All right. Um, so, so she, uh, so this, uh, this Thea Hale is jumping up and down like a, like a fifth grader because uh, Dawn has accepted her match because no one could just act like a normal human being on this show. Um, and Duke Hudson's like, no, no, that's a, that's a terrible idea. You know? <laughs> what, what's Duke's character? I've tried to figure out what Duke, what is he now? He's just like, cause they've stripped all the other stuff. He's just like a guy now, right? Duke. Like, is, what would you describe uh, his current character as? Cause he's no longer the poker. The poker is now on raw. They, they've, they've upgraded poker to raw. That's now JBL's gimmick uh, on, 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 on raw is war. But yeah, I, what would you describe to somebody who is no longer watching NXT 2.5 or whatever the fuck this is? Like what, what is Duke these days? He's just kind of a dude that's there, right? Nah, he's in Chase University. Yeah, I, but he's, but it's the weird, you know, it's the, I don't, does he really want to be there? Is he just yeah. playing the long game? I don't know. You know, it's like that. that that's no, they're not, they're not. They're not teasing anything. He's just a. He's a. He's just in Chase University. I think. He's just <laughs> no. I thought. I. I think they're kind of teasing like the full. He's not fully in, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. No, he, he little, well, he had a little minor disagreement with Andre Chase this week, which is what I'm getting. That's what at. I'm saying. Yeah, there, there's some tension there. But I don't, I don't think, think they're teasing dissension. I think they just had a minor disagreement. Okay. Okay. You think? Okay. Just, why yeah. are we going this deep? <laughs> Stop. University? Yeah. They they haven't thought about this deep. This deep, and we should not think about it this deep. You're right. Go ahead. So Hale's jumping around like a fifth grader. Because Dawn wants to, to wrestle her. And Duke is like, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good <laughs> that's idea. That's a good Duke Hudson. Right? Yeah. And then Chase, who just lost the three-way to get into the fucking Iron Man gimmick deal, right? Iron Survivor Challenge, yeah. So he's rubbing his ribs because he's all bruised up. And uh, and Duke said, well, what do you think? Right? And and Chase is like, ah, whatever. Take the match, whatever. And Duke said, I don't think that's a good idea. And... and, and all of a sudden, my Duke is starting to sound like Rocky. For yeah, some it's, it's, and, going, it's going a little more Philly all of a sudden. So, so, uh, so Chase, Andre Chase is like, oh, no, just I, I don't care. I've made my decision. He slams a locker and he tells her to take the match. So she's all excited. She's like, she's going, yay. And she's clapping because, you know, she's childlike. Right. She's a childlike and, uh, cheerleader. So she has the match later with Isla Dawn. And Rich, I shit you not. This is not even pro wrestling to me. This. This whole fucking company. <laughs> I hate it. It sucks. So they're having this match. And Isla Dawn puts her in like a rear chin lock or something. The hold here isn't important. But she puts her in a hold. Fucking key lock, whatever the fuck. They shoot it from an angle, right? Where Dawn and 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 the cheerleader are like, you can barely see them on the edge of the screen, and taking up the other portion of the screen is Duke Hudson leaning over the middle rope, and Andre Chase leaning over the middle rope, and Duke is making these exaggerated, disappointed faces, like I knew this was going to go all wrong for Thea, and Andre Chase is making exaggerated like. Uh, faces like he's trying to encourage her. Like, come on, I know you can do it. It's more important to them, and this was 80% of the match. Okay, The match match is secondary to all this. The match may as well not even be happening. It's just Isla Dawn holding this girl in a hold so that we can watch the exaggerated faces that Duke Hudson and Andre Chase are making. That's the only reason this match is even happening. It's a sidebar to Duke Hudson making 
exaggerated, disappointed faces. That's what this company is. It's not pro wrestling anymore, Rich. I mean, it's even worse on NXT. But this is essentially the bloodline making goofy faces at each other. Right. That's what the bloodline is. I, I can't take it. <laughs> I don't want to do the bloodline show again, but uh, somebody in our Discord, uh, I believe it was Raymond Terry is, is his name. And he, he's a long time, long time, long time listener uh, yeah. of the flagship. Uh, coined, I think, the best thing I've ever heard about the bloodline. And it then caused me to start looking up images and finding images of these uh, comparables here. But he said that the bloodline stuff is like Teen Nick or like all that or my brother yeah. and me. It's like Nickelodeon show shit. Which then yeah. caused me to then go look at like '90s Nickelodeon shows and find scenes that look exactly like the Bloodline. Exactly, yeah. I find a My Brother and Me scene with Alfie and Goo that looks exactly like Goo playing the role of of, of Paul Heyman. This means nothing to you. You were like 27 years old or whatever. You weren't that old. You were like 17 Jeez. when My Brother and Me came out. So you do not you did not watch My Brother and Me. I'm positive of it. But um, we're not that old. You probably you may have. But that's we're not that different apart. But um. Goo, it was like he was playing the role of of Paul Heyman. The, uh, the what the fuck? What's his dumb nickname that Paul calls him? The wise, wise one, man. wise wise, w- man. wise man. Yeah, and, and and so you got Goo with his eyes bugged out, you know, holding onto Alfie's shoulder, and Alfie's like frowning, like he's mad. And I'm like, that's it. That's the whole story, right there. Like it just looks exactly the same. And once he said that, once he said that it's basically teen Nick, all that, my brother and me, Keenan and Kel shit. Yeah. It's stuck with me now. And I'm like, Oh no, it is. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, yeah. it's, and I it, don't know if it's ruined like Nick shows for me, or it's just made me laugh even more at the bloodline stuff and realize, Oh my God, that's what this is. It is so bad. It's not even just the bloodline. It's the whole company. Right, like, the right. bloodline is like the worst offender. Like it's, it's that, He's dead on. It's that teen Nick level acting, like Disney Channel shows. Right. It's like all those... really bright. It's all really lit up. Yeah. Everyone's got to be making the most dramatic faces possible because, and they're doing it because they're shows for like 11 to 15 year olds, which is fine. Right. But this show supposedly, I, I, I thought was supposed to be for older people. And let's, but... and let's be honest, the WWE storylines are essentially written for 11 to 15 year olds. So it's Correct. not that much di- like, but it's just all 50-year-olds watching for some reason and claiming that it's, you know, great, subtle stuff. <laughs> right. And running websites uh, and calling it great stuff. So You know, it's, it's incredibly subtle, Rich, when the camera during the match is pointed right at Duke Hudson so he can make his, his faces. That's <laughs> right. subtle. How would you possibly that's, know? Yeah, what's the story? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. That's the epitome of subtle storytelling right there. And that's exactly what the bloodline is with Jay Uso with the door cracked making a face. <laughs> It's staring at the open door, yeah, talking it's to ex- it, Yeah, it's what you'd see. Uh, you're waiting for Amanda Bynes to walk in and tell a joke. Like, that's that's exactly – it's the best description of what that – or the chunky girl. Who was the chunky girl? On uh, Lori Beth Denberger or whatever I think was her name. Yeah, I forget yeah. what uh, – yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, Lori yeah, Beth yeah. something. Denberg. Or, yeah, Lori Beth Denberg. Or the other guy from Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Kel, yeah, Kel wait. Mitchell. Oh, put some respect on Kel, please. You know, he made a uh, – He's got a Christmas movie out. Oh, I'm that, listening. That he made with the girl from Precious. Like, they're the oh, stars. okay, okay. The, the girl from, remember Precious? I do. Like I'm listening. I'm listening. Keep going. And uh, they are starring, I don't think it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, but it's like for another network. It's an off-brand, yeah. off-brand Christmas movie. Yeah, it's an off-brand Hallmark Christmas movie starring the girl from Precious and the guy from Keenan and Kel that's not the famous one. That's that's out there and it's real. 
All I um, didn't want for Christmas is the name of this, uh, this vehicle it. here. Yes. All I didn't want for Christmas. I don't know what it's on yet. I haven't figured that out. But uh, Should we review this Christmas movie starring <laughs> Precious and the other guy from, from Good Burger? Put some respect on Kel Mitchell's name, sir. I will uh, no, not put no. any respect on Kel Mitchell's name. None no, whatsoever. I would prefer not to watch this movie. Yeah, I don't. Okay, uh, then we won't do that. We, I, don't do, I don't do many Christmas movies, so. Uh, so the point here is that's exactly what WWE style storytelling <laughs> is, is all I didn't want for Christmas. Yeah. Well, we don't know. It's, we haven't watched it yet, but last week I called it Looney Tunes, but I think the teen Nick comparison is perfect. Now Looney Tunes is a little too over the top, a little too many. I mean, they did during COVID. They were kind of Vince McMahon's was closer to Looney Tunes. Are you telling me that that money in the bank and Titan Towers was wasn't Looney say, Tunes? I was about to say yes, because AJ Styles went, oh, oh, splatted or whatever. It was Ray, right? Was mm-hmm. Well, Ray got an eye bugged out. That happened. Yeah, somebody splatted. I forget who splatted, but somebody splatted during Money in the Bank. So fell yeah. off the side of the building and and and, and died. So Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's produced the same way as the, as the Nickelodeon and Disney Channel shows. It's lit the same way. The acting is just as bad. Um, the stories are written in the same you know way that that are basically they're written for imbeciles. You know that that's what it is. And NXT, believe it or not, is even uh, lower on the food chain than Raw and Smack. It's even worse. I mean, it, it is substantially worse and cheesier and and uh, you know. Now they have Alba Fire who just emerges from this terrible, cheap-looking puff of smoke <laughs> on a weekly basis. Yeah, the the the, the, the brood it is not. Gangrel it is not. Yeah, the, the the show is utterly unwatchable. Um, you know, and and Halloween Havoc was atrocious, and I'm sure this is going to be terrible. Let's go over this awful show that we're gonna that I'm gonna well. Yeah, I'm going to sit down and get it over with on Saturday. You are going to struggle with it yeah. because you're going to you're you're probably not going to be around. I won't. Gonna... Yeah, I'll be able to watch most of Final Battle. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. I'll be able to watch most of Final Battle. Won't be able to do a show because I'll have to leave. But yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch. I might have to just stay up late Saturday night when I get home to watch this because I. You're you're right. I do this thing where I'm like, ah, no, I'll watch it on Monday, and then Monday comes and I hit play, and then it's like dun dun dun, and then it's like Vic Joseph screaming at me, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do this. I have to do something else. So I might have to do it Saturday night just to get it over with. But yes, it is NXT deadline. Gosh darn, Joe, wouldn't you know it? Same day as Final Battle. God, the chances of that, unbelievable. Uh, all right, so we have two men's iron, or not two. We have a men's Iron Survivor Challenge, and then we have a women's Iron Survivor Challenge. So I'll, I'll do all the names of these two Iron Survival Challenges matches, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to the rules of the Iron Survivor Challenge. So uh, the men's match, and this is for a number one contendership for an NXT title uh, as well. So number one contendership for the NXT title. It's Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and Axiom are your men's Iron Survivor Challenge uh, participants. Your women's Iron Survivor Challenge participants are Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, and Indy Hartwell. So here are yeah. the rules. Axiom, Axiom, and Indy Hartwell won the matches this week to uh, to get to a claim spot. The, yes, claim the final spot. Axiom is the former A kid. For those of you who are not watching, uh, which yeah, I do not blame you. And the J.D. Commercial. McDonough is the former Jordan Devlin that they're hiding under the name J.D. McDonough. The the commercial bumpers were all little inset interviews with five women. Well, four women, because Hartwell didn't get one because she wasn't in the match yet. 
And for the guys, what they did is they put them in an interview segment in the ring at the end of the show. Oh, my God. A bold. Wow. wow. That's a uh, thinking outside the box, thinking really outside the box. We're going to have all the participants where they uh, were they standing on big hunks of iron. Like, you know, usually they do the ladder match thing and there's like 10 ladders in the ring and they have to sit on ladders just in case you weren't sure that they're having a ladder match this weekend. Uh, So were they just sitting on giant iron ore like, you know, just a giant (laughs) like a a Looney Tunes anvil, like a, a very like a, a stereotypical Looney Tunes anvil. Uh, that would be a great idea to sit on those. But they I, I, told, I, were they I, just I, in the ring? They were just standing in the ring. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's <laughs> so, so much. bad. All right. Want, well, you want to hate really, something even more? Let's go over these fucking rules. I feel like I respect you less if you enjoy this. I I know that sounds really mean, but I mean, I it's. It, should we just stop talking about this company? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm getting kind of close to it. Yeah. There's no entertainment value. <laughs> we might just I'm I'm of this mindset that we should check in for the Rumble, check in for Mania, you know, talk big picture business stuff, but <laughs> I don't want to watch these monthly shows. There's so many other things to watch. <sighs> there really isn't because it's not like yeah, the rest of the world of wrestling. Yeah, the rest of the stuff sucks. We'll just watch wrestling from the 80s and talk about that. How about that? Just watch territory shit. That'd be better. Anyway, um all right. Iron Survivor Challenge. You're going to hate this company even more when I explain these rules for you here. So uh, first off, if you did not see it, the way they decided who was going to be in the Iron Survivor Challenge, they had a roundtable of of past WWE legends, including Shawn Michaels and X-Pac and... Alundra Blaze was there too, and yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a hoot, Joe. They're sitting there in the war room, being like, oh, I don't know, uh, what do you think about JD McDonough? <laughs> it's like, oh, what are we doing? And nobody quite knew whether it was kayfabe or shoot or what it was. It was very, very bad. Anyway, yeah, it was the, it was the, uh, it was uh, who am Medusa? I missing? Who, who, who did I miss? There was one person I missed that I didn't name. I said X Pac, Medusa slash Alundra Blaze, HBK, and then who was the? Uh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> who cares? All right, let's get, let's get through this. The I, rules I... for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Get a notebook out, Joe. You have a pen, right? I know we yeah, couldn't start the show because you needed a pen, but here you go. You ready to write I, this all I, down? I, I have a pen, and I'm sticking it into my eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> right, well, here you go. All right. Two wrestlers start the match, and every five minutes, another wrestler enters until all five participants are present. After, well, that sounds – well, listen. That sounds simple enough. What's so confusing about this match, Rich? After the last wrestler enters, oh, wait, there is now. a predetermined time limit. All right, so we get five guys at intervals, and then there's a time limit on the match. Okay. So I guess it can end in a draw, correct? Sure. Each time oh. – well, oh, well, hold on a minute. Maybe not. Uh, each time a wrestler scores a pinfall submission or they're the victim of a disqualification, they gain a point. All right. So, so if somebody, like if somebody gets DQ'd match. for k- kicking too much ass, you, the person who got your ass kicked, gets a point. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's like an Iron Man match. Yes. Well, no, not really. A wrestler who is pinned, submitted, or disqualified goes into a penalty box for 90 seconds. Oh, here we go. A penalty box for 90 seconds. The winner of the match is the wrestler who scores the most points at the end of the time limit. (sighs) (laughs) The problem, okay. Even if this was, like, going to be okay, which it's not going to be. It's going to suck. 
this is this imagine how many bells and whistles and alarms and sirens and uh, what the penalty box is going to look like and when the penalty box opens the lights are going to go off the smoke's going to go on Vic Joseph's going to say he's out of the penalty box come on the ways it's free you know what I mean it's going to be yeah. so bad and then they're going to count down and then a growling woman's going to tell you now entering the ring Grayson Waller <laughs> and the yeah. Grayson Waller is going to yeah. come down and then they're going to and then the penalty box and oh it's gonna be so bad and then there's two of them there's two of them and well, you have also to have to, to figure out if, the, listen, the screen's if, gonna be filled with like names and numbers as you're trying to figure out okay yeah. zoe stark has three and Corey jade has one and roxanne perez got beaten up with a chair so she's got one too it's like oh my god well i mean rich if you don't do two of them it means you definitely you hate women rich so you right, have right, to so. do the two of them that you have to do um you're right. There's going to be a lot of annoying elements to this. Uh, it's basically a five-man Iron Man match with a penalty box. Right. It's King of the Mountain and Iron Man match and Multi-Man matches all smashed together into one horrific thing that's the Iron Survivor Challenge. Well, hey, um, maybe um, it's great and we will be eating crow, as, as, as the people say, uh, next week. I am not anticipating that, but uh, it is it is certainly possible, I guess. It's not. It's not going to be. Uh, it's gonna I, all I know is... The fact that there's DQs pleases me, pleases me quite well, <laughs> because that means we're not going to get the fake WWE black chairs, the kendo sticks, the ladders, the tables, which I have fucking had enough of. And I thought this uh, thing. You, I think you're wrong, sir. I think they are going to do it, and they're going to say, "Oh, JD McDonough really, you know, he's playing the long game here. You know, he's got, you know, we got it's Wade Barrett screaming, or he's not doing it anymore. Who the hell's doing that? But whoever, like, they're going to be saying Booker oh, T. Booker T. That's right. Yeah, Booker T's like, oh, I think JD made a good call because JD's going to go in there and hit everybody with a chair and get disqualified. But then they're going to be hit with chairs, and it's like, oh, he's playing the long game. Like, sure, he's going to go down a couple points now, but those other guys have been hurt. By the if you don't think you're getting a WWE branded chair. In this match, you're an idiot, Joe. You know, you know better. You know better. First of all, you don't think you're getting first, a WWE branded chair here, sir. First of all, Booker T doesn't even know who JD McDonough that's, is. That's number one. That guy right there. That's a, that's a bold yeah. strategy. That guy right there. Right. He's so, got a lot of potential. I love him. He's got a lot of potential. Yeah. He all just right. says that about everybody, which, you know, it's not, I mean, to his credit, a, not a bad idea if you're doing NXT. Like, the idea of it is a developmental show, so just keep saying, this person's got a lot of potential. This person's got a lot of potential. I see a lot of good things in this guy's history. I see a lot of good things. This guy could be great. Like, that's, he just, they might as well just get a string doll and just pull it every so often, because that's all he says, which is fine. But it's, yeah, it's so bad. All right. Uh, NXT championship the big belt on the line here Braun breaker fresh off his fishing trip uh versus apollo cruz you think this yeah. is this is it for Braun? it's apollo I mean, winning the big one here. it it has a chance to be a good match sure if they just go out there and wrestle <laughs> yeah uh you know i am don fuji goodbye what do you want me to say <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the uh I, I didn't even know this match was happening. I, I forgot this was even happening until I did my notes here. Uh NXT tag team titles pretty deadly putting the belts on the line against the new day. <laughs> you know why? Because, Kofi Kingston. because you don't watch NXT. That's how you don't, you know, they did a big angle this week to set it up. So I come and go. I, I come and go on NXT. I apologize, but uh yeah. Pretty deadly of go away heat with me. I can't stand them. 
and not in a you're supposed to not like them way. I fucking cannot stand Pretty Deadly. They irritate me. Um, total go away heat. Do nothing for me, bell to bell. I I can't stand them. Um, and I've been over New Day for like seven years. So, um, I don't know. New Day. I, yeah, is it possible they do the? I mean, what? I, I guess you have no plans whatsoever for New Day. It, it doesn't doesn't hurt to give them a, a run with the titles or whatever, but I don't know. Who cares? Do they want to do that? <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, who cares? Uh, move on. And then the final match here, uh, all the fire coming off of her smoke and Isla or Isla or whatever the hell Dawn. So there you go. Yeah. Isla Dawn. She beat the fucking cheerleader girl. Once, once they Duke Hudson was done making his faces, right. Then they, 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 they finished off the pesky match that got in the way of Duke Hudson and Andre Chase making faces at each other. And then uh, the 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 poof the bad looking puff of smoke uh, happened, and Alba Fire emerged, and she beat up Isla Dawn, and then Isla Dawn walked backwards down the entrance ramp, making spooky faces, and um, she makes spooky faces, and then she smiles after she makes the spooky faces. Rich, um, do you know why she does that? I, I'm gonna I'm, playing forty chess or something. Who knows, man? I don't know. No, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because, because she is a woman who sees the beauty uh, in disaster and chaos, according to Vic Joseph. <laughs> okay, that's why. Um, so that's uh, that's why she makes those faces, <laughs> and then <laughs> acts like she's. That's a, that's smiles. a very Beth Phoenix line. Uh, I forgot what was the. I gotta look it up. There was the greatest <laughs> Beth Phoenix line. About Io Shirai. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Give me a minute or two. I could find it. But uh, yeah, Phoenix <laughs> talking about Io Shirai. It was like, I'll yeah. find it. Give me a minute. It, it's so good. Yeah. So what I is remember. it? Alba Fire is the, what is she? She finds the beauty in destruction. She has like a little cutesy nickname too, but I don't remember it. All right, I, I found the, was... I bought the best thing if you're ready to be done. Hey, go, so. ahead. go ahead. Uh, Io Shirai is the modern mercenary and she's hell bent on achieving her egocentric destiny. <laughs> 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 I was dying when she's they all, all the guys had to lay out for her to go, you know, guys, Yoshirai is the modern mercenary and she's hell bent on achieving her egocentric destiny. It's, <laughs> it's like just listen. What? Who, who hasn't said that at the office? Of course, yeah. You know yeah. what? Tom, I like Tom, but he's a modern mercenary and he's just hell bent on achieving his egocentric destiny. And I just, you yeah. know, he's tough to work with. Yeah, you know, I, I can't stand people who are hell bent on their egocentric destiny. It, just, <laughs> it sucks. It bothers me, you know. Um, just like, you know, uh, yeah, my, 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 my cousin, my, my cousin, Lisa, she's a woman who sees beauty and disaster and chaos. <laughs> Is that true? People say things like that all the time, yeah, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Describe people. Those are normal ways to, uh, Human to describe stuff. normal people. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you describe professional prize fighters trying to win money and championships, right? That those are things that you would normally say about that. So, um, you know, I don't know. You got the porn girl. In the in the Iron Woman match, right? That Kiara James is yes, in there. Yes, yes. She's even got a porn name. I love the they gimmick. Just... Love the gimmick. Gotta say, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Of... Yeah, because that's your kind of porn too. It looks like the property porn. Yeah, property yeah. sex. Property sex. Yeah. Give it, put, put some respect on it. There you go. Yeah, you look like Charles Dara is gonna enter the scene at any minute and just dick her down. That's what she looks like every time. Yeah, she's, she's got her business clothes. Her, her her business clothes. Her 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 glasses because yeah. she's smart. Yeah, you know. 
you're waiting for uh, El Nino Polo, whatever his name is, to come in and as, as like her step nephew and and fucking give her the business. Like every single scene she's in, that's what you're waiting for. With with Kiara James and her assistant, Kiana, right? Kiana, sir. A uh, Kiana James. Kiana the, what's James. the does the assistant have a porn name too? Uh, what's her oh name? man, I forget what Kiana James's assistant. Forget her name. Um... Let's see if we could find that. I want to. I want to. <laughs> want to see if she too well it's a wrestling name so it's definitely a porn name yeah 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 it was kiana james's uh uh, partner yeah i I forget her name um yeah whatever i don't know ariana grace is that who you're thinking of sure yeah go with that there's there's somebody else too i think sure Ariana Grace it is. <laughs> sure. Let's go with it. Yeah. So that is NXT deadline. Uh, that's Saturday um, night. So you can uh, watch Final Battle and then watch NXT deadline after that. And uh, yeah, this is. This... Uh, can't you see Ariana Grace like, you know, you, you see Kiara James walking in on her with, uh, you know, like, uh, like banging her boyfriend, James Dean. And she's like, <laughs> James Dean. That's not how you suck a dick. And she's like, get out of the way. And like, she yeah. shows her. That's how you're pleasing and, my man. Like, that's not like, how it's done. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that That's, you know, every scene with those two. That's how, that's, that's what you're, how, how you're waiting for it to end. You know, you're waiting for TT boy to enter the scene. <laughs> yeah, I am not waiting for TT boy. <laughs> I'm just saying, the Keanu James, I don't know. I like the gimmick. For some reason, I just think it's a solid gimmick. She's a, a great wrestler. So good for her. Do you like how I updated? my porn references until I got to TT. And then you went right to (laughs) your wheelhouse. Yeah. Right to what, you know, right. So I had some contemporary ones there though. So, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. You slowly lost it. And then you got, then you were just right back into your, your, your your period. And that that Charles Dara, I've seen his dick more than my own. Like, (laughs) can, can we put someone else in these scenes for God's sake? That guy gets a ton of work that Dara he's everywhere. I tell you what he does though he mixes it up. Sometimes he has the Tom Selleck mustache. Sometimes he doesn't have it. Yeah, right? sometimes like, he looks like Bobby Roode. You have to take do a double take for right. a minute. Yeah, that that yeah, I do yeah. not like. I do not yeah. like that at all. Where I'm like, uh oh, am I watching Bobby? Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not. Sometimes good. it fools me because I'm like, wait a minute, that's Charles Dara again. <laughs> I know that. I I know that dick anywhere. <laughs> I know that stroke game. I promised. I I promised myself no more Charles Dara, and then I got to X out and find another yeah, video. Yeah. You know, so you know, it, 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 you know, he, that guy, that happens like every five years. There'll be a male guy who just he's in every fucking scene, and he's just the guy right now. You can't avoid him. You know, even you knew who I was talking about, you know? <laughs> right? I don't know the names. You know, I'm not, I got no time for that. But yeah, no, you googled it though, and you're like, oh, that guy. That guy, I know because yeah, it's the Bobby yeah. Roode guy. Where I'm like, oh, I, God. <laughs> yeah, I said Charles Dara, and you, you, you typed away, yes. and you went, oh yeah, 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 I know who that is. Yeah, 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 because he's in every fucking porn. Can't avoid that dude. Good work if you, you know? get it. Good work if you can get it. Remember the milf hunter? That guy was in, you know, <laughs> fucking every porn. The milf hunter. He had the little eagle tattoo on his bicep. And his name was the Milf Hunter. What a great porn name! You know? <laughs> right down to the, it tells you what it is. You know, no. Yeah. Now he can just walk into any fucking office and get a job because no one is none the wiser. You know what I mean? It's it's he doesn't have to be like uh, uh, Don Cheadle in uh, what was the movie with Mark Wahlberg where he's a porn star? Uh, what's the fucking name of that? Movie? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. The name uh, of it. I know what uh, you're talking with, about, but yeah, with Burt Reynolds and. Uh, By the way, and, welcome uh, to all of our new uh, listeners that are are jumping off of Dynamite and. Uh, Coming to a, yeah. a perfect flagship here. They're like, all right, I'm sure they're deep in wrestling talk. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Dirk Diggler. What was the name of that fucking movie? It's where Dolph Ziggler got his name. Dirk Diggler. Uh... Oh, oh, oh. Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights. So yeah, yeah. it's like that scene in Boogie Nights where Don Cheadle, you know, he wants to he wants to get the loan to open up the fucking stereo store. And they're like, sir, we don't do business with pornographers, right? It, like ruined his life doing right. the porn, right? Like if you're the MILF hunter, you don't have to worry. No, yeah, about when, that. You, when you when you apply yeah. and you're, you know, Tony Jones, like nobody gives a shit, you know, when you when you put your name on yeah. the uh, application, they don't know that you're the MILF hunter. And and I mean, unless they're and, but then, you know, even if the guy knows you are, like, think about this. If the guy knows you are, he can't say it. Like He's there's a guy no in the interview. He can't be like, "Hey, that's the milf hunter." <laughs> that guy's like, "We can't hire that guy. That's the milf hunter." Because then everyone's yeah. like, "Well, how do you know?" And he's like, "Well, I'm just, I, you know, I, I, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't go now. Wait a minute, sir. I know you. I would know Captain Stabbin's face anywhere, right? We can't bring you into it. Right. You can't so do that, that guy can't. Know. And then he's got to hire him just to make up for the awkwardness of that, him knowing right. who he is. Because they're going to be like, he's a great candidate. And this one guy's going to be like, I don't know. I don't really love him. And it's like, well, why? You know, and So at that point, you have to just be like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, it would be, be perfect for the company. Can't wait. So you look at a guy like the MILF hunter, and he spent a good 10, 15 years banging all the MILFs and every <laughs> every other assorted porn star. And now he's probably in his late 40s, early 50s, right? That's about where I'd peg him, right? And now he can just go live a normal life, too, after having that incredible wild existence. <laughs> he's got the best of both worlds, you know? <laughs> So you, you, you want to try to have a, a gimmick name. I guess they're all gimmick names when you really think about it, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's all pretty bad. Yeah, I, wonder what I don't I, think I don't think Lil D is the guy's actual name. <laughs> Probably right? not. I, I'd imagine they're smart enough to to not, I wonder what the Mill Hunter's up to these days. So huh. not really. I actually don't really care what he's doing, but good for him. The Mill Hunter, I'd like yeah. to know what he's up to. I I, I honest to God would love to you know. You would love to know what, what the Mill he's probably still well, I don't know. Is he, uh, uh, Probably what can't are keep they that okay. job going for a while? You can't keep it going that long. Eventually, you're going to have to expire. You know, you know what I mean. Like, you, you, no longer are you going to be worth. Because you got what's his face? Well, you got the Bobby Roode guy who's, who can fill in your role right now too, and he's got yeah. And you know, and there's you know, and someone's going to replace Charles Dara at some point as the guy that's in every single porn. It's just that's the cycle of life in the porn biz. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, one you know, it used to be the TT boy Peter North era. And, you know, it's just it, the time marches on and you just it's, uh, you know, you can't stay on top forever. It's even a shorter shelf life for the ladies, although, you know, the MILF porn really is. I was going to say they have a whole second generation now that they can do so good for but them. The, the problem, though, is they put you in the MILF porn as soon as you turn like 28, like it's ridiculous, <laughs> right. you know, and it's like, hmm, what tickles my fancy tonight? I want some older ladies. Let me type in MILF. And then they're like 30. And you're like, that's not an older lady. Like this woman, you know. yeah. So does it really extend their their careers? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, you got 25-year-olds portraying teens and you've got 30-year-olds that are MILFs. What are we doing? Do we have an ad to read or something? Uh, do we want to we stick- do, but I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> you could stick HelloFresh right here. <laughs> I don't want you to. Know? I don't want to do Why that not? to our, our, our lovely partners at HelloFresh. I will, uh, I'll say what else is on the show this uh, tonight. We've previewed NXT deadline, so that's not coming up anymore. But we are going to talk about ROH Final Battle. We are going to talk about the news and notes from Tony Khan's ROH Final Battle media call, including the latest on William Regal, who uh, appeared on Dynamite this week. And I know you don't like to get Dynamite spoilers, but I think at least it's relevant uh, for this case. I had it on the background. I I, I was able to see what was going on uh, there. But he did appear on Dynamite this week, so we'll touch on that in a bit. Uh, Then we'll check in, maybe even 
bounce around Japan. We'll see. Uh, NXT Super Juniors World Tag League at the Junior Battle of Glory Rural Tag League in all Japan. We got Dragon Gate had a free show. Yes, a free show that you can watch completely free right now uh, in English or Japanese commentary. Uh, and then we'll kind of check in on what's going on during the Christmas and New Year's season in Japan because there's a lot of really, really fun shows uh, and big-time matchups. It's one of the biggest times of the year uh, for Japanese wrestling. So we'll kind of check in uh, and see what is going on there. But, Joe, before we do that, let us talk about our friends at HelloFresh. And HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and best of all, affordable and that is why it is america's number one meal kit and joe i know you know all about this it is the most festive time of the year and HelloFresh is here to make uh, the help you make the most of every single moment during that time of the year from holiday hosting to dinners during busy weeknights you can count on HelloFresh to deliver fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes tis the season for saving money whenever we can and HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25 percent less expensive than takeout so you can use those savings for holiday gifts or hell just to treat yourself and HelloFresh can also help you eat better which is something very important to me around the holidays uh, because there are too many temptations around the holiday season cookies and candy and sodas and beers and all that sort of stuff but their meals have 20 percent fewer calories than takeout so you can still have full flavor just without the guilt and if you're short on time HelloFresh's quick and easy options like the 20 minute meals and easy cleanup dishes are big on flavor and easy on effort. They are time-saving solutions that mean more time with your friends and family around the holidays. So now the best part here, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. That's HelloFresh.com slash VOW18 and use our exclusive promo code VOW18. That's VOW18 and you're going to get 18 free meals plus free shipping by signing up again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. Use that promo code VOW18 and get 18 free meals plus free shipping. And one of the things that I love most about HelloFresh is that uh, it works with your schedule. So especially during the holiday season, hey, you're looking like, I don't need anything on the week of Christmas. I'm traveling here the week after, yada, yada, all that sort of stuff. That's fine. It will work with your schedule. You can change your preferences, delivery day, and your address in just a few clicks. So, hell, if you're traveling, you can send it there if you want. If you just need to take two weeks off or three weeks off or a month off or whatever, you can do that too and jump back on whenever you're ready. So, again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. Use the promo code VOW18 and get 18 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. There we go. All right. Give him a little bit of space there. Uh, all right, you want to talk about uh, final battle? Of course, let's do it. So let's let's maybe talk about the media call first. That that'll kind of set the stage for what we had uh, at final battle. So we have full written analysis and an audio replay of that media call available right now at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. No matter which way uh, you want to get there, that is your analysis of the media call. You and I both listened in. Uh, we also have a replay as well for those that want to hear. Uh, the call itself. So now there were some other news and notes that I think quickly I'll go over those and then we'll get into the real stuff because uh, I think that's pretty important uh, to touch on. So uh, Tony did say the future of Ring of Honor would be discussed slash addressed on Saturday. Uh, this kind of has a lot of people thinking a potential TV deal might be looming as he did follow that up not that long after by saying uh, we'll see a lot less ROH on AEW television moving forward. So that seems to me that something is 
happening TV wise, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday what's going on there. But that that yeah, my interpretation he's, is he's doing something about it, knowing that hey, look, even if we don't have a TV deal, we got to figure out something here. But seemed like we're moving in the direction of a TV deal. It feels like it may not be necessarily a television deal because he did say whichever platform it is, he did say that. So I don't know if that was him sort of uh, preparing people for the fact that it may not necessarily be TV and it might be a streaming deal or something like that. Cause he was asked specifically about a television deal and he said that he's excited to announce something Saturday on whichever platform that is, is what he said. And then he said, he's going to punt the question to Saturday. And then, yeah, like you said, the biggest clue was uh, how he said on the call that he would, he, he wants there to be less of an ROH presence on AEW TV, which obviously is the indicator that that ROH is going to have their own outlets of some kind, uh, you know, uh, which, which will probably he's probably saving that announcement. Probably for the pay-per-view, they'll probably have Rick Bone announcing on the pay-per-view, right? Because yeah, get a big pop, wanna... get people excited. Get, yeah, it's smart. It's smart to not to do it on the media call. I, I do. You don't want to do it at the yeah. You don't want to do it at the press conference because there's far less people that'll that'll see that. So um, that's probably why he didn't say anything today. Because I'm guessing on the broadcast that they they have something to announce in terms of ROH. The other big clue too was earlier this week. I don't know if you saw this. He had noted that there's far more ROH talent under contract than people are aware of. Right. He did say you that. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't sign all these people if you didn't have something coming down the pike. Right. To, to, you, I mean, you would if you were like a bad, but I don't think he's a, a stupid or dumb businessman. So, yeah, I, I tend to think that the combined, there's a lot of smoke. There, there's got to be some fire here, whether it's I'm running this on YouTube or it's on Max or it's on this or whatever that, whatever it's going to be, it does feel like we're going in the direction of. ROH is going to be somewhere, but it's going to be less on AEW TV moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, now we'll finally get people to stop complaining. Good news for about, the corn cobs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. ROH stuff on AEW shows. Right. Uh, and, and all the people who, you know, said that there was too much ROH on the AEW shows and there shouldn't have been any and and all this and that, I mean, they were objectively wrong. That's not my opinion. You were wrong because, as Khan noted later on the call, the first two pay-per-views he produced, and I don't think he's counting the Supercard of Honor. I think he's talking about because what has there been? Supercard of Honor, or is he counting that? How many have they had? No, they've had two. They've had no, just two. Supercard of Honor, and um, let me look this up now so I'll get this right. Yeah, let's make sure we get, we get um, the exact one. So there was Supercard of Honor, which again was like a, he kind of said I didn't really. It you over. Know, yeah. They kind of just did everything there. Uh, Death Before Dishonor they had in July, and then now Final Battle. So yeah, right. So the first two Supercard of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. He said doubled their internal projections in terms of pay-per-view buys. And, um, you know, and the, the fact is you have to, you can't sell pay-per-views without being on television. And ROH didn't have any television. But what Tony Khan did have was AEW television. So by doing his ROH storylines on AEW television, he was selling these pay-per-views. Okay? You can't just sell pay-per-views cold and throw a card up on the screen and say this weekend we're having this ROH show with a bunch of wrestlers titles and storylines that that you know just are, that, that you're not privy to because no you had to have this stuff on tv and the other aspect of this is okay now ROH is going to have its own thing we're presuming you, you couldn't it, it's better to have had ROH have a television presence 
all of this time. Right, establish it to people that had no idea what it is and then say, yes. hey, if you if you if you want to see more of Claudio or you want to see more of Shane Taylor, you want to see more of this, whoever, like we're now on X on this day, on that time or whatever. So, you know, yeah, and it makes more sense now in the future if you're going to have a relationship and guys are going to bounce back and forth and, and jump over Ring of Honor for a couple months or whatever. Yeah, it's good to let people know what the fuck Ring of Honor is. So rather than just having it on ice this whole time. If you would have had it iced this whole time, you wouldn't have sold any pay-per-views. You wouldn't have sold any tickets to the well, I'd be deader than dead at this point. I mean, God, it's, and, think about where it is now versus where it was a year ago or where it was in, in March of last year. I mean, come on. And then you'd be trying to start up this whole other endeavor cold. It doesn't make any sense. He absolutely was correct in using AEW television to promote Ring of Honor. There is no suitable counter-argument. If you have a counter-argument, you're wrong. Okay, you're not. It's like he said on the last media call. If you don't like the ROH presence on TV, you're, you, you can have that opinion. You have to counter that and tell me how I'm supposed to do business otherwise. That's all. That's what it comes down to. So now we don't have to worry about that anymore, presuming that's the announcement that's coming Saturday. And the way that he framed it and all the clues Obviously, they're going to have some sort of media rights deal. Something, yeah, something's coming. Of some type. I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be TV because he keeps qualifying it with, you know, whatever platform we're on is what he keeps saying. Um, a giant wet fart would be if it's just a weekly show on their revamped ROH. What's the name of that site? Um, uh, the 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 Honor Club or whatever the Honor. Yeah. yeah, like if it's some Honor Club upload once a week. I mean, that's a, you know, they're not making any money off of that other than from Honor Club subs. And that would be, okay, we couldn't get anything else, right? That's what that'll tell us if that's what it is. Um, I would prefer, obviously, TV is the best option. You get a television deal, you get someone to pay you money, um, and you get the most eyeballs that way. I would prefer that to a streaming deal. I guess it would depend what the TV deal is versus what the streaming deal is. But, um, I'd rather have my product on TV if I'm trying to sell tickets and pay-per-views. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what it is. Um, and and I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Uh, other notes here. Um, he did tell people to keep an eye on FTR tonight in reference to a question of, you know, why they are not on the ROH show. We will get to that in a little bit because, again, a, a little bit of a dynamite spoiler uh, for some people. But but we will touch on they, they they are going to do something on the ROH show. So we'll talk about that when we preview. Ooh, FTR? Uh, FTR, yes. I, will, I mean, uh, he basically said that on the call. He yes, he said, just said, wait, you fucking idiots. They're going to yeah. be on the show. Like, just chill. So Like, watch Dynamite tonight, and, and that'll all become more clear. Yeah, he, so, he, he tried to make it obvious. Hey, I have two television shows left to go to build this show. So just give me a minute. All right? I'm working on it. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what that match is uh, in a minute. And then uh, no details on a Shane Taylor contract, but did say that Keith Lee was the one who brought Taylor up to Khan and, and, and is kind of spearheading the angle and, and coming up with some of the concepts. Uh, of yeah, the he pitched there, the, so. the storyline. Yeah, he pitched. He said Keith Which is a good pitched. one. It's a good one, despite Corn Cobbs again not understanding it. That's ah, an excellent storyline. Right. Yeah, it's really good. If you're aware of these guys backgrounds and past or whatever, it, it's good. So, And even if you're not, Shane Taylor explained it. He explained it in 40 seconds, so you should probably know. But also, who cares? Because these people just... Okay, anyway, we'll go to the uh, Tony Khan. Uh, the, the big part of the Tony Khan media call uh, was about uh, William Regal. So, Tony Khan, if you did not listen to the call, again, full an uh, analysis uh, and a replay uh, is up at uh, flagshippatreon.com 
patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. But at the beginning of it, uh, for about 10 minutes or so, Tony revealed uh, a lot of personal stuff that he's been going through uh, as of late, including his mother suffering two strokes uh, and having heart surgery in October. So she and and, and the whole family has had a very rough go uh, the last couple of months. And he just kind of alluded to the fact that to kind of set up to the story of, hey, this is what's been going on. This is where I've been, and this is you know where my head's been, and all that sort of stuff. But then also said that during this time is when he got a call from William Regal. I uh, got a call from uh, a Mega, right, uh, the um, yeah. AEW chief legal officer first, and then a call from from William Regal. Basically, William Regal wanted Tony Khan to not pick up his option for the next year. Now we talked for about this last year. We've been previewing this or whatever, but I uh, didn't said, hey, please don't pick up my option for 2023. Uh, I want to return to WWE. I want to work with my son and said that Regal kind of used and, and some people are taking this more negatively. I guess if you hear the, the, the call, and I guess I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on this too. Yeah. If you hear the call, Tony says, you know, I was in the hospital with my mother when, when Regal called me and we were talking and we had a good conversation and he just said, Hey, look, like think about the situation you're in. Doesn't that make it obvious why I'd want to go and spend time with my son? And Khan said, yeah, I, you know, I, I get that. Some people are taking that a little more negative that he's using like, Hey, you know, your mother's in the hospital. So let me like, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't see that, it that, that working, way. Work, working cons emotions against. Him. Yeah. I didn't. And Tony didn't, I don't think present it that way, but what do you think about that? Khan definitely didn't frame it or hint towards it being in that direction. People that have all. just read the um, interview, I think, think it's like, Hey, give yeah. me the release, man. You know, uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want me to end up like your mother. You know, like that wasn't at all what I was thinking the story was or what the pre- presentation was. Just mostly like, hey, look, you're in a very emotional moment right now with your family. Understand why I would want to spend as much time with my family as I possibly can, type of thing. Yeah, and and the bottom line is, even if Regal is kind of working him from that standpoint, or uh, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but people I think know what we mean here, even if that is the case, you know, from, from, from the Tony Khan standpoint at the end of the day, you know what? He feels like he did the right thing for the guy. So if, if he did work him a little, if there was a little bit of old carny, uh, you know, action going on, I, you know, I, I would look at it from the standpoint of, so what, if I'm going to get got, Okay. I, I'm going to do so while also feeling like I did the right thing. And if, if he did manipulate me and use my emotions at that time to get what he wanted, you know what? He's the one that's got to live with that. I right. feel like I did the right thing. Right, right. He, he's the one so, that's ultimately going to, I will, it's, it's no skin off my back once I'm done with you. And, and yeah, you'll right. have to live with the idea that, you know, so yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. So he basically said that, you know, at that point he agreed and that he wouldn't pick up the option, but you know, they they wanted to figure out the best course of action because now you have to change all your storylines. He didn't say this directly, but he said everything had to change. So that means the way things played out with Regal and MJF was not the original plan. Okay. Um, so they came up with the new plan and came up with a revised exit strategy to kind of make everybody happy. And, you know, Regal, he, and he kept stressing too, that he decided to let Regal out, but Regal is still with us and he's still here. And like you said, he was on Dynamite this week. Yes, and he's, but I don't know how much more he's going to be on. I'll tell you yeah, that. Well, obviously we yeah. know he's on his way out, yeah. but he did say many times he's still with us. He's still with us. He kept stressing that. Um, so, you know, the contract isn't up yet. So this isn't a situation where 
Khan let Regal out of his contract early, it's a situation where he simply agreed not to renew the option right. for 2023. And later in the call, we found out that a condition of that was Regal cannot appear on screen for WWE uh, next year. He cannot appear on screen until 2024, which is exactly what I said I would have done last week. Last week when we talked about this, I kind of nailed all of this. And I didn't know anything. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't know anything. This was very tight-lipped. No one really knew anything except Meltzer, and Meltzer was told off the record. That's why Meltzer kept saying, I know stuff off the record, but I can't talk about it. He knew all the. He obviously knew all this stuff about Ann Khan being sick with the strokes, and- right? And that makes sense why people are like, "Why doesn't Dave just say what if he knows?" And it's like, "Well, I don't want to be the one to tell you that, right. that this guy's mother has been in the hospital and dealing. Like, he should be the guy to tell you this." So again, some right. apologies probably need to be. Yeah, just- a lot of people looking bad. Yeah, uh, just the, fucking the chill you know, out, people. God, you know. So you know, it's no one knew anything, but but my suspicion was Regal wanted to go work. Now that Triple H is back, Regal saw an opportunity to go back and work with his son. Maybe get off the road. He's a tired old man with his own health problems. Maybe he doesn't want to be on the road every week. You know, that's another factor here. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the and, day, he, you know, and, and again, we're doing this thing where we're like, oh, the the. Oh, the backstage and oh, the young bucks and oh, Tony Khan doesn't know how to lead. Like at the end of the day, if Triple H wasn't back in power, the guy that always gave William Regal the power and the guy that he worked with for years and years and years, if, if Triple H wasn't back in power, he's not going back to WWE. Let, let's be honest. Like let, let's call this a spade a spade. Cannon, all this head cannon people are creating. Well, they do. They do it with every person. Like it's, at the end of the day, it all the old, the biggest factor in all these people. Oh, I wonder if ba- oh, you know, Malachi Black is just not happy with his push or oh, no, again. Maybe he's not happy with his push. No wrestler is happy with their push. Every wrestler thinks they should be main eventing and winning every match and winning the title and, and, and being the biggest star in the entire show. Every single wrestler. At the end of the day, the reason people want to go back is because Triple H. None of this would be happening if Vince McMahon was still in power. Let's, let's call a spade a spade and call it what it is. And there could be other issues that make you then realize, hey, you know what? Maybe I am willing to go back. Maybe, maybe there are things that are kind of bugging you or whatever. But like I said, they're wrestlers. They're bugged about everything. At the end of the day, the biggest factor, the number one reason that always gets lost in all this discussion of, oh, uh, William Regal tried to teach somebody something, and then uh, Matt Jackson told him to go fuck himself, whatever the hell these headcanon or whatever the hell we're doing this time again, or, oh, Aleister Black or Malachi Black's just not happy with his push. I mean, look at the main events that he's been in. At the end of the day, they want to go back because they have relationships that are in that company, and the person that's in charge of the company is somebody that's respected them and pushed them in the past, and they want to go back. Like, if if you don't lead off a story talking about why somebody wants to go back to WWE with Triple H is now in power, then you're you're, you're just doing a disservice to yourself. That is the I mean, number one factor for why these people want to go back. I mean, I guess. I mean, for most of them, yeah. You know, and and this situation, you know, the guy wants to go back and work with his son and maybe get off the road. And his option was coming up, and he wanted to see if he could talk the guy into not renewing his option. This isn't even a situation where he was asking for an early release. The contract was coming due. Right. He had an option. And, and, you know, Khan had to decide, you know, well, do I want this guy showing up on NXT TV in a week? So, you know, what I suggested last week was if he wants to go work with his son and go work with Triple H, I'd let him go. Scout and shit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd let him go. But I, I would, I would put a condition in there that he cannot appear on screen. And that's exactly how Khan played it. So, um, do I think like a billionaire? Maybe. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But the point here is, okay, I nailed it. I nailed every, uh, exactly how all this played out. 
But yeah, he's not going to be able to appear on screen until 2024, which is, I think, a fair concession for Regal to make. And Khan noted that Regal was, at the exact verbiage, was very cool with that particular concession in order to get Khan to agree to not uh, renew the option. Right. So of a guy who's involved in major storylines and, and a ma- the, the major storyline of his yeah. entire company. Yeah, it's a, it's a good... Oh. That's a good concession to make. So again, to the thing of like, oh, he manipulated Tony into the like even at the end of the day, even if he did manipulate him, I think Tony got uh, a fair return yeah. on that. Of all right, yeah, you can go, but I better not. You can't appear on as a GM on NXT next week. Like that's just not happening. And that's yeah, I'll, I'll, I will tear up all of my plans and accommodate you, and because I'm going to put family first in this situation and do right by you, but you can't be on TV for another year. For when maybe you could, and maybe that would have been the case anyway. If he would have renewed the option, maybe he would have been there for another year. And then at that point, he'd be free and clear to go and then appear on TV. So Khan doesn't get the PR disaster of the guy just popping up on WWE TV next week. And Regal's obviously going to agree to that because he gets what he wants. He gets to go back to the other company, which is where he wants to be. So, um, you, you know, also kind of you also kind of call a guy's bluff with that too. You know what I mean? Where you say, "Oh, yeah. it's it's about your son." It's oh, okay. Well, then uh, just don't appear on TV for a year. And if he scoffs at that and and goes, "Oh, no, you know," then you're like, "Oh, well, hold on a minute." <laughs> so it's it's yeah. not only about your son and 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 you know and working with him and working with young wrestling minds. Okay, all right, and and you know, and and Tony did kind of get his antennas up a little bit when he said that you know he was taken aback, surprised, a little. I, I forget the exact words he used when Triple H shared that uh, supercut of Regal saying war games yeah. uh, on, on Twitter before he had officially agreed to let Regal be done or until Regal was officially done with AEW. He thought that was a little because he's like, hey, I did right by this guy. And now you're just, you know, kind of throwing it in my face here. A little you, bit. But, you could tell that you could tell that annoyed him. You he wasn't quite slamming the door and I'm he, fucking sick of it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But he's he's fucking sick of it. I'm sure. You know, you could tell that that annoyed him. He said he was very surprised that Triple H sent out that tweet. And he was annoyed by that, but um, but you know that's uh, it's incredible with this company how many of their long term plans end up getting torn up and redone for various reasons, whether it's injuries, guys getting in fights um, and getting suspended, or, or you know uh, situations like this. It, it really is incredible how many of their long term stories have just been completely derailed. You know, it's it's it'd be. You could probably think of of six or seven of them off the top of your head, whether it's CM Punk and MJF, whether it's however this uh, Regal thing with MJF was meant to play out, whether it's Christian getting injured and and derailing the whole you know Jungle Boy storyline, Kenny Omega being out for a year, Kenny Omega out a year, uh, the Young Bucks getting suspended right when they won the trios titles, the one that Khan noted today on the call, which was CM Punk when he got hurt the first time and broke his foot ended up derailing months and months worth of plans for FTR, which was a new bit of information that we didn't know before. So right there are six or seven examples that we can come up with without even thinking very hard of major long-term storylines that uh, you know got completely derailed by injury, suspension, freak of nature, uh, just uh, you know crazy uh, occurrences. Um, and that's got to be maddening when – you're a booker who thinks long-term and, and plots out these long-term storylines, and so many of them go up in smoke. Right. It's been one of my biggest criticisms uh, this year of the booking of AEW is that a lot of it does not feel like it's been planned. Like, Because when, when they first started, it felt like a lot of it, especially 2020. Like That entire year yeah. felt like they sat down 
and and after that meeting where he took the hold the box and Omega, all right, no, I'm running the show here, guys. You know, I, I'm running the things. It felt like from that point forward, the rest of the year, even with COVID, that like they had a clear idea of what they were doing the rest of that year uh, and every story. And and that was why I really liked that year for AEW because I think everything just felt like they sat down and had a six to eight month plan of this is what we're going to do and this is. And it does feel like you know 2021. I, I think there's a lot of that in that year as well, like really, really, really good planned stuff. 2022, it felt like they've been not planning things in, in advance, but I could get the frustration of having a plan and ripping it up and 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 then just saying, fuck it, who cares? All right, let's just do a month in advance. Let's just build to this pay-per-view cycle. Let's just build to this. And, and I think that hopefully we can get back to what I think was AEW's strong point uh, in 2020 and 2021, which was long-term storytelling and, and, and whatnot. But I get how, yeah, when all of your, you know, most of your top guys either get hurt or suspended or whatever, yeah, it, 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 it becomes very, very difficult to to sit down and have a six-month plan when you know that you're probably going to have to tear that up within a couple months. Yeah, whatever he had planned for Adam Cole went right out the window with the concussion. He had an entire pay-per-view forbidden door, which, you know, one day the story is going to be told on that. But I don't think there's one match that happened on forbidden door that was originally planned. That entire pay-per-view yeah. had to get ripped <laughs> up and rebooked. Yeah. And they had to do it in a month. And you had people complaining about how terrible the build was. And it's like, what the fuck do you want them to do? Like, like if Punk gets hurt, there goes your main event. Punk Tanahashi out the window. Now you have to move Moxley into the main event. So now Moxley can't team with fucking Shooter Amino and do that cute little thing on the undercard. Now that match has to change. And whoever you're – it was like a series of dominoes getting knocked over. And that entire card had to be redone from scratch. You know, so you've had entire pay-per-views that were completely changed around. and um. You know, so, you know, from that standpoint, sometimes it's 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 hard to be critical of the booking of AEW this year because just this catastrophic series of events that had to be dealt with. And like you're saying, you can't have long term plans. It's a they keep getting torn up and thrown out. So uh, that was a major theme of, of, of some of the stuff we talked about as well. Anything else from the call you want to touch on? Um, I think that was basically it. There was a bunch of questions that let me go through here i'm going through my report oh i guess we talked about the rampage thing already uh in our earlier segment that was another big uh big talking point i thought uh that our listeners would be interested in i think we hit them all yeah that's what i think we got them but again like i said full analysis and uh the replay uh, is Behind the paywall there. Yep, yeah, $5 here uh, for that one at, uh, at flagshippatreon.com. So let's get to uh, ROH Final Battle uh, 2022, December 10th, this Saturday, uh, from College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. Available on pay-per-view, a traditional pay-per-view, uh, as well as fights if you're outside of the U.S., voicesofwrestling.com slash fight. I would appreciate it if you can order on that link if you're going to order it on fight. Uh, yeah, it is an interesting show because it is taking place at 4 p.m. Eastern, I think is the... So the official, like the zero hour thing is at 3 p.m. Eastern, I believe. And the official show itself, I think I have that correct, uh, is 4 p.m. Eastern. So 3 p.m. Central uh, is when the show actually kicks off. So an interesting time. Uh, I'm I'm very curious how the buys are for that because that's a a really kind of a weird time, especially during the holiday season to kind of plop down at, you know, 3 p.m. on a Saturday uh, might be a tough one for, for a lot of people. We'll see what ends up happening. But uh, there are new matches. So I am going to do some dynamite well, spoilers he, well, here. Quickly. So. Very quickly, he he did also note the reason they're doing that. He said the first two pay-per-views were such successes that they're playing with house money this time around, and they decided to experiment here. So they want to see, yeah, see see what happens. 
if Saturday afternoon is a viable time to run a pay-per-view. So there is, he even admitted that they're doing some experimentation with the day and the, and the time on this one. So um, now when did WWE announce that deadline was going to be happening the same day? Because yeah, let me find out. It was this, definitely after it was definitely after. No, it was I, after. they were well, avoiding, they're avoiding. I think there's UFC fights on Saturday. I want to say that I think they're trying to avoid. Because I'm wondering if uh, yeah, there, there's UFC 282, which I think is what their their initial goal was to avoid that. Right, but then WWE jumped in like they always do and ran the same what day. Are you no, come on, come on, this happened. Okay, so I was just curious. I don't know if that they, they had. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm 90 positive deadline got announced after final battle got announced. And you know, a lot of people say, well, they're not running the same time. But as we've talked about a million times, it's about not allowing Tony Khan and ROH to steal the headlines this week, to steal, to have all the headlines on Saturday, to have all the headlines on Sunday. Right, our show talking about deadline at the beginning and stuff. Right. And we just proved it. And, right. you know, so that that's why WWE does this. And then they may not run head to head. That gives them plausible deniability to say, oh, well, we didn't run head to head. Just like when they moved NXT to Wednesdays to go head to head with Dynamite, the plausible deniability there was, oh, we've always been on Wednesdays, right? You know, um, thinking that that people, well, a lot of people are stupid and did <laughs> a lot buy of people it, are very stupid. About thinking it. that yeah. people are stupid and aren't going to say, now wait a minute, you weren't on TV going head to head though. You intentionally waited to, you know, so you know, and we all know that's the case, but that's the case here too. It's to yeah. So final battle October nineteenth is what I found the date for final battle announced, and I think the date for NXT deadline was sometime in November, like the first week of November. So very well, think, far after, far after. Yeah, very, very much intentional, and for the reasons that we just said. Uh, all right, so these are the new matches. So again, if you are hell bent on avoiding dynamite spoilers, now would be a good time to. If you're listening on the edited podcast, jump ahead a, a little bit. If you're listening on the live feed, I don't know, pause, mute, go make a sandwich for 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, l- how about I start with the new matches, Joe? Is that okay? Oh, yeah, it's fine. So, hey, if you're going to avoid, this is the time to avoid. All right. FTR will be defending the ROH World Tag Team titles in a double dog collar match against the Briscoes. Wow. That's why he said, so just the, fucking wait. Hey, where's FTR? Just wait. I, so they're going to do a, a third for match. You. Yes. So they're doing a third match. Man, you know, the Briscoes have to win. I mean, they have to. They can't get beat three in a row, right? No, no, I mean, no. They yeah. got to win this one. I mean, you would think, and we know he has them under contract. So now if they weren't under contract, you could say, all right, well, let's just beat them out of the territory. Establish that FTR, the dominant team. And then, you know, that's doing business the right way, right? But if you're keeping them around, man, how can you justify having them lose three times in a row? But double dog collar match, my God. And, you know, that ensures that that it's going to be completely different than the first two matches as well. Right, right, which is a smart smart idea, too. It's it's more to the Briscoe style. I mean, they can work any style, obviously, but it's more to – you know their quote unquote style, so I think that's one way to get out of like you know having FTR get the loss or whatever. Uh, you know th- this is the Briscoes type of match or whatever, but uh, no, it's a, it's a good way to make it feel distinctly different than the other two matches, which is is smart. 
Yeah, because they did a regular match, a best of three falls, and now they're doing double dog collar. All right, that sounds pretty great. What else we got? That sounds great, yeah. Uh, FTR did lose. They did not win the uh, AEW World Tag Team titles. They uh, lost to the Acclaimed. They lost to the Acclaimed, which I don't know if that changes your you know thoughts on, on the match as well. They lost to the Acclaimed. No. Then here would be another loss for them potentially. So, No. Um, I think – well, it's not the time for that conversation. No, that's fine. It doesn't change my opinion on this match sounds awesome. And um, the pay-per-view, which I was not super high on coming into this segment, I think the build has been very questionable to this point. That has raised the stock of this pay-per-view in my eyes instantly. Oh, yeah. That that, that's alone. a marquee match. People say, what's the marquee match? What's Why should I buy? Well, there you go. There it, there it is. is right there. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah. Point blank right there for you. You're going to get two. These two teams have had two great matches this year. Now they're making a dog collar match. So you're going to get a bloody war. Yeah, it, that's that. That's that's appointment television now on Saturday for me, for sure. Yeah. Uh, six-man tag match also added here. This uh, not as much of a marquee matchup uh, for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Titles. Dalton Castle and the boys uh, will be facing the Embassy, uh, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona. Yeah, I'd like to see the Embassy win that. You know, so um, that's obviously just a little undercard match. Doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. Um, but I would like to see the Embassy win that. I, I, I love that Prince Nana is back. Love Prince Nana, man. You know what the embassy needs, though, is a crown jewel. They need a crown jewel. And Brian Cage isn't really the right guy for that. Um, so hopefully at some point they figure out the right person for that role. And uh, and at some point there's a crown jewel of the embassy. That I want to see. Love the embassy. Yeah, this is a pro embassy podcast for sure. Yes. Uh, Swerve in our glory. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor promotions. Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. So, this, right, so our, again, hold on people now. People all hot and bothered. So, so we're we're done with the new matches announced. Yes. As far okay. as we got announced so, on Dynamite, now we are back to what we knew before. And I'm sure we'll get some on Rampage, and I'm sure we'll get some zero hour stuff. And I think that Tony Khan putting together his pay per views. Uh, sort of not announcing everything until very late in the game. I mean, just about every pay-per-view, whether it's AEW or ROH, you don't know the whole card until Rampage, right? And it's like, I think that's by design because I think he feels like pay-per-views are impulse buys. Data shows for decades that right. most he's people... Said that. He's said that point blank. Like, Yeah, he's alluded to this. And, and data will tell you that most pay-per-views, whether that's wrestling, boxing, MMA, any kind of fight sport pay-per-view, the vast majority of the buys come in the last 24 hours. And the vast majority of those buys come in like the last hour. Like that's just the way it is. People buy them very late. So this idea that you have to have your entire card put together and do these super thorough builds for all of your undercard matches, you know, a month in advance or whatever, I personally think is very overrated. And I think what the AEW strategy is, is put the some of these matches together super late so they're fresh in people's minds. And now we're talking over the weekend, oh, wow, did you hear it's going to be the Briscoes and, and, and FTR in a fucking double dog collar match? And instead of setting that up a month ago, people forget about it and then maybe never come back. But, you know, if you set stuff up on Rampage, it's fresh in people's minds and maybe, you know, they're more apt to order because it's so late in the game. I believe it's by design. Yeah. Yeah. People, people have, have just decided that it's like complete chaos. And this guy has no fucking clue what he's doing. And he's just flying by the seat of his pants. Some of this stuff might be intentional. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. And I, and I think, look, when it comes to your main events. Yeah, the main events should, should be built well in advance. You, you want to yeah, build, you want to have main event stories that, that have been built and, 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 ha- but yeah, your little down card sixth on the top. does like, not matter. No, it's fine. It does not fucking matter. And, 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 and I do think though, I don't want people to misunderstand me. Uh, you know, there's an argument to be made that the CM Punk John Moxley main event, for example, at All Out came together too late in the game. You can make that argument. Agreed. Yeah, totally. Based on the number of buys that the show did, right? And uh, I it was I think it was Meltzer who, in fact, has has said that you can make that argument as well. So for main events, I do think you want to have a strong multi-week build. Make sure you peak it at the right time. That's tricky too, right? Because I think that the Moxley MJF main event peaked too early. Now there's the opposite, right? So all out, they built the pay-per-view too late, right? The next pay-per-view, what was the name of the Moxley MJF? I I mixed these up all Uh, full 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 gear. Full gear. I think that match peaked too early. I thought it felt super hot about three weeks out. And then it cooled by the end. I felt, I thought the match felt cold. So it's always it's tricky. You want to with your with your money matches get a good build going for a number of weeks, but you also want to make sure you peak them at the right time. And that's just about and that's you know that's trial and error. That's sometimes pay per view builds work well, and sometimes they don't. Um, this particular pay per view, and again, we're recording this show. We're doing this show live during Dynamite, so I don't know what happened on Dynamite. I don't know what's going to happen on Rampage. I can only speak on what I've seen right, so far. I'm not oh. going to go to Rampage spoilers uh, for people that are wondering. Like I know pe- people have uh, a few people have said, "Hey, well, you guys can talk about you know what's going on." I, I don't want to. I don't want to read through Rampage spoilers and try to figure out what was happening. Like, we'll watch. No, nah, we're not doing yeah. that. So we'll talk about the matches that are announced. But so my opinion, I, I thought I I feel like this pay per view build has been lousy. I, um, you know, the main event, the Jericho Castagnoli match. I think it's a very much a WWE style step where if Castagnoli loses, he has to join the, the, the Jericho previous. So I hate that. I hate it. I don't want that in my ring of honor wrestling or my AEW wrestling, those WWE style steps. And I know people are going to say, well, that's Jericho's whole, that's the point of Jericho's gimmick. I understand that. That doesn't mean I have to like the stipulation. I don't like it. I didn't like the four way last time. It's just, a, you know, it ended up being a pretty decent match. Um, but I don't like that step. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like Final Battle had, I don't feel like Final Battle has been a hot show coming into this week. No, I, I agree. And one of the, now, if you ask me on Saturday, right. I might have a different answer, but I don't know what's happening tonight or on Friday. Yet. Right, right. I, I, I'm kind of with you as well. I think it's been a, it, what's weird is that ROH. Has been so. It's been on a lot of AEW television. They've talked about the ROH title. You've had the ROH title defended. You've heard the names. You've heard this. You've seen a lot of the people. And yeah, it all kind of felt like, well, yeah, they're doing this for Final Battle. They're doing this for Final Battle. It all made it made all the sense in the world that you're going to want to feature ROH as much as you you can leading up to Final Battle. And then as we got here to this point, it was like, all right, well, here Final Battle's here. <laughs> like, what do we have? And we have you know only a couple matches announced, and and things keep, seem a little shaky. Uh, obviously, the FTR Briscoes thing helps a lot, and and you know I am fully expecting this to still be a pretty good show. But yeah, I think the build has been a little lackluster for, for a lot of the stuff yeah, yeah. thus far, just because it's felt like we've had a lot of ring of honor presence on TV, but we haven't had a whole lot of build to this, the this, this show, a lot of real intrigue into the show 
and now we're here and it's like, oh shit, okay, yeah, yeah, here's here's the other matches we got to put on the show now. So it just feels well, like a lot of it was being kind of finalized now as opposed to a couple weeks ago. Well, that wouldn't even be a problem, except that there hasn't been a match that I'm super into that wasn't that what that they have been building. Right, yeah, because like Claudio not, and Jericho, I, I'll be honest, I got I had next to no interest in Claudio. That's and, why and that's and why Jericho. I brought that one up. I'm not I'm not super into the main event. So to me, this build has been like, well, there's nothing yet that I'm ready to sink my now. Briscoe's FTR. Yeah, put those two fucking teams match. in a dog collar match. I'm in. I'm listening. Now you have my attention. Now you have my attention because that's a match I'm super into. And quite honestly, without having seen Dynamite, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the money match of the show and not Jericho Castagnoli. And I know a lot of people are probably screaming at their devices that the whole hook here is Jericho working an ROH pay-per-view. I agree. I'm not saying that that match well, isn't a I'll match. tell you, the, the dog collar match got announced in the main event. The main event of Dynamite was FTR and Acclaim. They went out there and had what I could see from what I was watching on mute while doing the show here, that it looked like a pretty fucking great match. And then when it was done, yeah, they're holding up dog collars and, the, and they announced the match there. So it's like... Yeah, and when you have two the two previous main Not the Briscoes. Are... I should note, the Briscoes did not hold up dog collars. The gun right. club hold up the collars and said, hey, you're going to face the Briscoes because uh, somebody is persona non grata on uh, Turner Television right now. So Right, but my point here is because of the nature of the FTR-Briscoe feud and how great the other matches were and what critical and business successes both of those matches were, to me, that's the main event of this show. Now, when I watch Dynamite, I might have a different, but because Jericho Castagnoli does not feel like a hot match at all. And a lot of that is Claudio has dropped the ball on all of his promos. And he, and that's always been a weakness of his. He's been good in AEW, I think, up until this feud. He has not talked me into the building, so to speak. And Jericho's been great as he always is. Jericho's matches have been great, but I don't like the stipulation to that main event. And I don't think Claudio has held up his end. And it, did, doesn't feel like a super hot match. And as soon as you told me about that dog collar match, I was like, oh, that's the main event. I mean, that's the real main event. It, it wasn't technically the main event of the last show, right? Wasn't it? Or one of the shows of, of uh, there was a, Jer- so there was it was definitely, it Cassie was definitely Boy. the death before dishonor main event. I think super card of honor was been bandito and, and Gresham, right? Gresham and Castagnoli on one of them. And, um, no, that was no, no, no. That was not the main event. That was the opener of Death Before Dishonor. Oh, that, remember? You're right. You're right. And it was it was definitely 100 percent the main event of, of of Death Before Dishonor. Let me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely the main event of Death Before Dishonor. And then I want to say Supercard of Honor was Bandito and Gresham, and then FTR and, and Briscoes were like middle of the show or something like that, or fourth in the top or something like that. Right. But but we all knew it was the drawing match. Sure. Right. Right. But then by the second one, they're like, well, now we're just not even going to pretend it. No, we know match. what the main match is. We know what the money match is. Yeah, and, and right. it's going to well, be the same with this one, too. And, and I, I believe it's going to be the same with this one. Even if it doesn't go on last, I feel like, you know, and again, we're doing this Wednesday night. Um, they might do some super hot angle for Jericho Castagnoli, for all I know, on Rampage or whatever, or maybe they did on Dynamite. But, you know, this has been the what's been the running through line on all these ROH pay-per-views. It's been FTR versus Briscoe. Yeah, and, and and Wheeler and Garcia, too. They have done. Yeah, they have. Yeah, and that's going to be a solid undercard match. But I think that, you know, FTR Briscoe's is, is the is the primary money match. And, and Jericho Castagoli is, is, you know, it's... Well, you think it'll go... I don't think it'll... I, 
I don't think it'll go. I think they'll put Briscoes on last. I think so too. I think, I think you, you want those guys to have 40 minutes to just go out there and do a bloodbath. And, and, and yeah, you, you, you want the ring to be disgusting. You want just them to be battered and bloodied. And, and, and two, like the Briscoes win. What a cool moment that would be too. The Briscoes winning the ROH yeah. title. And, you know, on a day then they announce, okay, we're moving forward with this or whatever. That, those are the guys. You know what I mean? Like those are the guys that stuck with it from the beginning, from the beginning to the end, like literally the beginning. And they're still there. Uh, yeah, that that if I'm booking that show, I have that's my final moment is the Briscoes with dog collars bloodied holding up those titles as they say, oh, you know what? You know, come check us out on X, Y, Z or whatever. You know what I mean? That that's that's I, that's what I want. That's the visual I want for sure. So Jericho Castagnoli, you have any other thoughts on that match? I really don't. Uh, I hate the stiff. I hate that if Claudio loses, he must join the Jericho. Oh, so you hate the stiff I too. hate it. I just it's just that's you, you used the term last week a lot. WWE bullshit. Like, I don't want to see Claudio with his hands crossed going, you know, I'm not happy to be in here. And then eventually he'll learn to accept Jericho and he'll start enjoying being a part of the Jericho. Pre- I don't need any of that shit. And and I, and, and I think he's losing. Yeah. Oh, no, he's losing. He's joining Jericho. I think he's losing too. because especially if they're getting TV, you want Jericho on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, Claudio's um, ROH champion does nothing for you. And he's I'll be honest. I have not loved Claudio this year. I see. That's where I'll disagree. I've loved them until this feud. I thought they he got off on the right foot, and I've liked everything that he's done. I thought he was great in the blood and guts match. I thought the Blackpool Combat Club stuff was good. I haven't liked the build to this match or this feud with with Jericho. That I have not liked. I don't. Yeah, he, he's felt that. very uncomfortable with all of this, and it's like, yeah, maybe this is maybe a guy who just should be standing in the background and 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 kicking ass and and not necessarily. Because I, I I don't know how much they edited a it man off of. who can't grab the brass ring. Yeah, I I hate to agree with one Vince McMahon, but uh, he may have been right on that one. Because I uh, I don't know how much got edited on the uh, rampage, but he was doing a a promo segment with Jericho and like three or four times had to just stop and like say oh I'm sorry and then pick back up and ah, Jericho and it was like you oh. were you were you were at that rampage where he cut that bad promo yeah yeah they, I don't know how they, much got edited but I don't know if it was still brutal on on, on no it, they they chopped it up plenty for TV okay so and it was obvious that because I mean it was like in the building it was super uncomfortable like oh no we, this guy is bombing we, <laughs> we didn't get any of the start and stops and any of that they chopped it up and it wasn't good don't get me wrong it didn't you know, they Frankensteined it up, but, um, you know, yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, the pre-tape they did last week, I don't think was any good. His portion wasn't any good. Once he got up and left and the other guys were just ragging on each other, it was entertaining. You know, and they set up the Utah Garcia three, but no, he just hasn't been good in this feud. Um, there, that that's, you know, and I like him, but it hasn't worked. I, I think I do, he. I think we figured out his role is, is either the second in a great tag team and the guy who just kicks ass, or just yeah, a guy that's in a unit and just kicks ass. like that. That should be his cutting these WWE style promos of oh, all Jericho, I'll prove to you that I deserve. I want that championship. And Jericho saying, "Well, I have an idea for you." Like that's just not what Claudio's thing is, and and he should maybe, just be out there kicking I mean, ass. I I, I I agree that he should just be. See, I think he could be the guy, but not doing this kind of stuff. I think he could be the guy if he's just doing serious pro wrestling. Yeah, maybe. I think he comes across like the guy, but I, I don't like him doing this stuff. I don't think he can carry it. Um, You know, but I, I thought he came across well when he was champion. And I thought that his run was pretty good up until this point. We'll just have to agree to disagree on that. 
but I think we both agree that this match feels cold. Yes. And so, felt bad when, as the the standard bearer or the, the, the bearer for this entire pay-per-view. But now right. you know, after this news, it's like, oh, okay. Fine. It could we be, have ourselves a real main event. Yeah, it could yeah. be whatever. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like this is now and Jericho's been fantastic all year. Oh, he, Jericho he fucking has, rocks. Yeah. He's had a great he year. has been phenomenal. Uh Garcia Wheeler, Utah three. Uh the first match was great. I believe it was on an ROH pay-per-view, and it was on its way to being like a match of the year contender, and it 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 didn't quite get there because I think it ended abruptly. And then they had another match on a main event of a dynamite, I think that wasn't quite as good. It was a good match, but it wasn't as good as their first match. And now they'll have another one. And this will be the last one because, you know, Wheeler Utah alluded to, you know, uh, in the promo saying, you know, we'll, we'll finally put an end to this. So I'm looking forward to this from now. This isn't going to sell any pay-per-views this match, but I think it has a chance to be the best match on the show, non dog collar division. Right, I mean, this this has a chance to be a really awesome match, so um, I'm looking forward to this one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, it's these two guys, and they're great, and they're great wrestlers, and they 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 fit that ROH Pierce style perfectly. They have a built in story with them. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if you are a Ring of Honor fan or hell, if you're a fucking wrestling fan, like I, I can't I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be excited about seeing this match and 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 a conclusion, like you said, to this story and this whatever it is going to be. And and yeah, there's there's background with the you know. Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society. So there's RO, there's uh, AEW storylines kind of weaved into this as well. So yeah, I just think it's yeah, it, it, I, I can't wait. I'm excited to see what they put together. And uh, yeah, these are two tremendous pro wrestlers that have just great chemistry with each other. And this is a good example of a match where I don't need more of a build than this. No, no. I, this two is, guys are going to go in, and one guy is going to prove that he's better than the other guy. There we go. The they other. they don't like each other. No, they're masculine maniacs, and they want to prove that one's better than the other. Yeah, they don't like each other. They've been fighting over this belt for months, and this is going to be the final chapter. And this is good. That's good enough for me. Okay, that's good enough for me. Yeah, nobody got hit because by a car. Me, there wasn't a Titan Tron of a Photoshop picture of Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia didn't go. Ah, you're in a dunce cap, <laughs> which I guess people want other stories in wrestling now. But yeah, I don't need that. I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and 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 it's not a money match anyway, and I'm, and I'm fine with it. Now, Mercedes Martinez Athena. I love the new oh, the Athena. Athena. The new Athena rocks so much. God, it's, yeah, great. it's great. I, I saw mean, it live too. It was so good. She just she, fucking destroys she had, people. It's great. They they had their little people tried to make it a controversy when she worked a little stiff with whoever that was. Uh, Jody Threat. Jody Threat was Jody Threat. And then um, they leaned into it, and now it's her gimmick, and that's what you do. You lean in. And, and she's, it is cutting good, she's cutting good promos too about like, hey, if I was a man, nobody would give a shit what I'm doing. But now, and I'm you a know woman, what? She's, so. and you know what? She's right. And about she's that. fucking right. I was about to say, even if that's if, even if that's her in real life or it's Athena the character, she's fucking right. Because if a guy was dropping people on their head, people would love it. She drops people on their head. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> working stiff. She's gonna I mean, kill that woman. No, no, she's she'll be fine. She, she's she's right. I mean, we we no one complains when men work stiff. Um, but but you know. They've leaned into it, and it's breathed new life into her because she kind of was lost in the shuffle. I mean, honestly, she was just working YouTube shows and just happened to work that stiff match. And then they leaned into it. She was really, like, legitimately lost in the shuffle at that point. And this revived well, they had her. No, they had no character for her either. She was just kind of happy to be there, like Athena, which is now, not. Once the initial, the initial run, once that wore off and she lost to Jade or whatever. She was out of the mix. Right. She was just like so, a smiley baby face, kind of just like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So yeah, she felt like nothing. She felt like a complete non-factor. Yeah, it's just pump new life into her. And it's and 
Martinez has been out hurt, but this is a match that has had no build whatsoever. None. And I think those criticisms are valid when it comes to this one. Um, now, Martinez hasn't been around, but you can't stick a camera in her face and do some pre-tapes. You can't. I mean, this has had nothing. So right. The only build is that um, Athena destroying people on Dark and Rampage and all that. But she's been doing that anyway. So it's like. And there's a lot of danger, I think, that her being from Texas and her being just so cool on TV that she's going to be the one to get cheered here. You know, I, I think in the building, the fans are going to be behind her. Why would you be behind Mercedes I was Martinez? Say, what purpose? What, what? What is in the story of Mercedes that has made you want to cheer for her? Like she hasn't even been around, right? And, and and even if you're an ROH diehard, it's not like you're 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 have a ton of built-in equity out of Mercedes Martinez. None. You have none, yeah. So and and Athena just comes across cooler, and she's home. You know, so yeah, they better uh, announce her from somewhere else because that's not going to go well if they. Yeah, I mean. So, you know, uh, it's a match where I'm into what Athena's doing, but I can't sit here and tell you that it's a that it's some awesome build and people are fired up for it. Uh, Samoa Joe and Juice. I mean, a lot of people are surprised this wasn't Joe and Wardlaw. Um, you know, they're going to do Juice, and that kind of just came out of left field with that announcement. I presume that they either did more tonight or will do something on Friday, or maybe they won't. I don't know. But again... This just looks like, you know, a pretty interesting match on paper that, um, again, doesn't really have much of a build behind it. Um, so I don't know. What do you think of this match? Yeah, I'm a. Hmm. It's very strange. It's it's just all of a sudden here's Rock Hard Juice Robinson. I'm like, what? All right, like this is one of the things I'm talking about where they've had. Uh, these, here's like... the thing. He's not even Rock Hard. No, oh, he can't say just... that on. He can't no. say that on Turner. Oh, that's right. It's like, <laughs> he's like Stroke it's, Daddy. It's, yeah. Yes, it's just it is though. It's the Stroke Daddy thing. He can't say Rock Hard on Damn fucking PBS, and uh... he didn't. If you go back and watch that, no, he he makes no mention of being Rock Hard. Damn it. Now will he on the pay per view? We'll see. I hope so. Well, he well, better. Ricky Stark. Starks came out with the Stroke Daddy jersey on paper. <laughs> he did. So, he did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know. So hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of strange because we've had a lot. I mean, Joe's been involved in a lot of stuff lately, and that ROH TV title's been in a lot of things. And then it's just Juice Robinson. You're like, oh, all right, yeah. This this is one of the things where I'm talking about where it's like we've had a lot of Samoa Joe on television. We've had a lot of ROH World TV title on television this week on Dynamite. We got it again. We have a Joe and a what. Well, I saw it was a really, really good match. I won't spoil that for you. But um, so you've had a lot of that, but then all of a sudden it's just going to be Juice Robinson. On, it, it very, very, very strange uh, and feels a little thrown together last minute here with, with Juice. And, well, and, here's the thing. I mean, how can Juice win? You can't beat Joe before he faces Ward. No, no, that'd be horrible. So it kind of tips off that, that unless Wardlaw costs them the match, which, you know, I don't know if I want to go down that road. But, and we don't know if Joe, Joe's future is ROH. We don't know if Juice's future is ROH. You know, this show is going to settle a lot of things in terms of where are these roster members going to land too? Where are the pieces going to end up once ROH has its own thing, which presumably it will by the end of the night. Um, It was weird on the call. Somebody asked, um, I think it was actually WrestleJoy, Amy Nemity asked, uh, if if Juice wins, is is there a chance he would take the title to New Japan? Because obviously I'm, Amy's not paying attention, and I think she thinks Juice Robinson still works for New Japan. But 
then Tony gave an interesting answer. He's like, he was very enthusiastic. He's like, absolutely. I think Juice can take that title to Japan and he can bring it to AEW and we he can bring it to ROH and Juice can defend it everywhere. And I was like, that's a really weird answer, right? Because like Juice doesn't even, he's done with New Japan. But Tony was very, I don't know, maybe I read too much into, into the way he answered that. But I, I can't see Juice winning the match anyway. It wouldn't make sense. No, it would, like so. you said, it'd be real lame to have Joe. And, and the only way they can get out of that is, like you said, Wardlow comes in and like costs him the match and points to his head as he walks backwards up the ramp. That, that would, would suck. That. I, would, I would hate that. These, I want these two bulls to just face each other at their best. You know what I mean? Like, let's just fucking go and, and see who's the better man, like type of thing. Just give me a muscle buster clean in the middle. Right, I don't need right, all right. this bullshit. You know what I mean? Just give me wrestling. I'm going to get plenty of bullshit later that night on fucking whatever the hell the NXT show is called fucking Halloween Havoc 2. What is it? Oh, deadline. Deadline. Yes. Deadline. Yeah. Um, and then we have the sword of our glory, Shane Taylor, JD Griffey, which I think this actually has been very well built. And this has been a very, very strange point of contention for a lot of people. Um, first of all, this is no, like, even if you stretch it, even if you stretch it, this is no higher than fourth or fifth from the top on the show. You have the Jericho match. You have the FTR match. You have the pure match. You have the Samoa Joe match. You could even argue the women's match would all be ahead of this match in the pecking order. Maybe you can, if you're being generous, get this to fourth or fifth uh, from the top. So it's firmly a down card insignificant in the grand scheme, not going to sell a single pay-per-view mid card fucking match. How much more build do we really like just people hand wringing this. They are aghast that Shane Taylor just randomly showed up on TV uh, again with not enough of an explanation, even though the man literally explained why he was <laughs> I am there. Shane Taylor and you know why I'm here. Yeah. And like, he explained why he was there, who he was, and what his motivations were, and we still have people handling. Well, again, it's I don't know who this man is, and I am too lazy, or or I think. Well, you know what? You always Even say if- you always say it's this thing that to yeah. I don't know who this person is, and I don't understand this, so I'm going to assume that nobody else understands this. Or you play the headcanon of, well, I get it. But the corn cob casual listeners aren't going to get it, or the casual viewers aren't going to get it, type right. of thing. Which both of those things are pretty terrible. Like a, like you just don't want to admit that you don't know who Shane Taylor is because you don't watch that much wrestling or whatever, and you know whatever, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Or like you said, there's always this weird headcanon thing where we have to create the dumbest human being on earth, and and then all you know funnel all of our wrestling discourse to that person, the dumbest human being on earth, and and them how they watch the show, and we don't right. really have to do that. Now listen, Shane Taylor is not exactly Dwayne Johnson. I'll grant you that. I that is yeah, correct. But here's the thing, Rich. Here's the thing. He told you who he was. He told you why he was there. He told you his relationship with Keith Lee. He told you why he didn't like Keith Lee. And then he told you why he wanted to beat up Keith Lee and he challenged him to a match. And he did it all in 40 seconds. Shane Taylor knocked it out of the park in that segment. Oh, he's great. I love Shane Taylor. In less than a minute, he got everything, he explained everything and got everything over. So even if you don't know, even if you never watched Ring of Honor, even if you never saw Shane Taylor in your life, even if you don't know who Shane Taylor is, if you watched the fucking TV show and you paid attention, you now know everything you need to know about Shane Taylor and why he's there and why he wants to fight Keith Lee. He told you that he used to be Keith Lee's partner 
and that Keith Lee walked out on him the same way that Keith Lee walked out on Swerve. He laid it all out. Then he said, you know what, Keith? I haven't forgotten about it. My career went fine. I became the greatest Ring of Honor World Television Champion of all time. But now I want my revenge. I have a partner. His name is J.D. Griffey. I want to beat you up. So go find a partner. Rich, that's Wrestling 101. Yeah, you, and, and you, you made this point in our Discord that if we can't accept this as wrestling stories, then we've completely lost the, pot, uh, the we've plot. We've completely lost the plot if... I have a history with you. Right. You, we I used to like we used you. to run together. Now we don't run together. I don't like you, and I want to face you. And here's my and partner. Now you, you find a guy. Now I'm challenging you because I want to beat you up. Right. If we can't do that, then we're, we're done. We're done. If that's not enough of a build for you, I don't know what you want anymore. Because, again, this isn't a main event match. It's, the, it's the, arguably the sixth, the number six match on the show. It's a down card match. It doesn't need anything if you want to do more maybe they did more tonight maybe they'll do more friday maybe they'll do more on the pre-show great i'm all for that you want shane taylor to jump keith lee from behind on rampage that'd be awesome but if they don't do i don't think they need to do anymore man i think like i mean we used to be buddies you turned your back on me i'm here in your company now and there's a pay-per-view on sunday let's face each other on saturday let's face each other i i I More think that's enough. fine. I think that's okay. That sounds like wrestling, man. I don't, God. More than enough. That's a classic pro wrestling build. I don't need any more. I'll take more I don't if you need want you, to But I need Shane Taylor running Keith Lee over with his car, and then I will finally say, yeah. ah, yes. <laughs> we, we need, we need uh, something. Uh, we need more builds, and we need a video package, and we need to make sure that everyone knows who, Keith, who Shane Taylor is, even though he told you who he was. Right. We need, we need to stop Rampage in its tracks. And have somebody go, that is Shane Taylor. And he once uh, was in Ring of Honor. And he runs well, Shane Taylor. But he did that. He also said, I'm Shane he Taylor. He did that. Right. No, they did do that. That's, That's the thing. But they the didn't thing. stop. People need that you to stop. Well, that didn't even work either. Because his caliber said, hey, last time I saw Hangman Page in the ring, yada, yada. And people were still like, ah, my brain. They, no, <laughs> they did stop. Renee said, Shane Taylor, what are you doing here? And then he told her what <laughs> he was right. doing. He did. Oh, she did. She did. You're right. We're, we're, we're getting to the point. We are getting to the point. Where even when they do the things that people say they should do, it's not enough. It's not. They're moving the, the right goalposts, yeah. and it's still not enough. I mean, what more do you want? It's not as if they just put a graphic on the screen that said Shane Taylor and JD Griffey versus Keith Lee and a partner of his choosing, and just let it. Ha- that would be no build. That would be okay. Who the fuck is Shane Taylor and JD Griffey? Right, if they just put a graphic on the screen and had Excalibur run through it the way he runs through everything, but they didn't do that. They did build it. They did tell you who he was. They did have him explain his motivations. Then they had Swerve enter the scene, and now you have Keith Lee, who's like, "Oh, what do I do? Do I trust this asshole again? I guess I have to." Yeah, I don't because, have anybody else right now, and yeah, my guy's challenging and I don't, me. And I'm not, so, and, I, and I'm not getting punked by Shane Taylor, so I guess I'm going to have to trust this guy again. And now you have to, and, and here's the other thing about this match that people seem to be missing too. Shane Taylor does not fucking matter. He is just a conduit. He is just a bridge to get us to the next stage of the Keith Lee Swerve Strickland feud uh, uh, story. That's all. That's all this match is. That's all Shane Taylor is. It's, it's to get us to the next chapter of what happens between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And does that mean they come back and they live happily ever after and go back? Does that mean that, 
Keith Lee turns on Swerve and goes back with Shane Taylor? Does this mean that Swerve screws Keith again? I don't know. That's why we watch. It's a good story because I don't know where it's going. But that's the other thing here. The match doesn't even really fucking matter. This is about the story between Keith and Swerve. And they found a cool way to do the next chapter of that story by digging into Keith Lee's past and this ghost of his past coming back to give him another problem that he doesn't need right now. I'm into, I thought this was the, this was the <laughs> best 40 second build I've ever seen. I'm excited for this match. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, who gives a shit? I give a shit, man. And Shane Taylor promotions rocks. Keith Lee rocks. Swerve rules. JD Griffey's solid. Like, I love this. And it's got like, for people that actually watch this, television or enjoy wrestling like this is a good it's got history and it's a good build and it's a clean easy you know simple to understand story that yeah i'm fucking into it man like i feel like again i'm like i'm taking crazy pills again when i just see the hand ringing about this and i'm like i don't know man i'm pretty fucking excited to watch this match so sorry uh, yeah i mean uh, you know Maybe you don't need you don't need weeks of they got over what they need to get over with me in forty seconds. Well, like you said, if 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 in pro wrestling now we've gone to the point where that's not enough to 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 tell a story for some people, then I don't. Yeah, where where are we at? What what? Well, you know what they need to do. You know what? Here's what they need to do. Keith Lee and Shane Taylor need to talk in a hallway while Jey Uso makes funny faces. Maybe that's what we needed. I I don't know, Rich. I don't know anymore. They need to both they be in the to- ring doing a twenty five minute promo segment where they go, you know. Talk. Maybe this has passed me by. Maybe we're the crazy ones. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think every week I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> this hangman, this hangman Moxie stuff. I am taking crazy pills on this. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> I don't want to. No. <laughs> no more. I know Fred Moreland wrote an article. Yes. Yeah, we have a great. On. We have a great uh, article at VoicesWrestling.com that says explaining what doesn't need to be explained. The hangman Moxie story and very simple. It only takes a couple paragraphs to get there, but uh, we explain what happens in the hangman Moxie story and why you know they would want to fight listen. each other. I'm not going to be as polite as Fred, and I might insult a lot of our listeners. I've been insulting people for 11 years, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you're not going to change now at this point. I don't care if you're Lance Storm. I don't care if you're Dave Meltzer, although Dave on this particular topic seems to be on the right side of this one. Yeah, he is. Although, he, he, he just wanted more promos and more video packages. But He wanted a video pack, but he understands the story. He the, gets the story. Yeah, right, right. He gets the story. But I don't care who you are, and and, and I mean this with all sincerity, I really do. If you don't understand why Hangman Page is angry at John Moxley and why Hangman Page and John Moxley don't like each other, I think you're stupid. I, I know that sounds harsh. I think you're a dull person who might be stupid. They have been soft feuding with each other ever since the latter match, eons ago, where you know, a hangman knocked him off the ladder or, or or whatever. And then they've kind of been crossing paths since then. They had a world title match. Moxley concussed him. And now hangman wants his revenge. If you don't, if you don't understand, if you think that's too confusing or not explained well enough for you, or doesn't right, I'll fit, grant you this, or doesn't fit not... in kayfabe. That, that's what right. Lance Storm's thing well, is. We'll get is, to that. Yeah. Okay. If if you're either, and I'll grant you this benefit of the doubt, maybe you're not stupid. Maybe you just don't watch the show. Maybe you haven't watched every episode of Dynamite like I have or Rich has or some of the people listening have, and maybe you've missed some of this. Ignorance is something different, okay? 
But if you watch and follow the promotion and you don't understand why these two don't like each other, I just have to assume that you're dumb. I because this couldn't be more straightforward. And it's it it it's time to stop acknowledging these ridiculous arguments. Thank you. And these and and these it, 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 because now look, Lance Storm is the kind of guy who often gets hung up on these weird details. He's always been a little quirky that way. Okay. But this one's especially stupid because like you said, now the argument has shifted to, oh, well, it was a legitimate injury. So how do we work that in? Kayfabe, Hangman should not be mad that he got concussed because every single match guys are trying to concuss each other, which Which is is the dumbest fucking thing. Exactly what it is. No, not really. So how many feuds have there been historically in pro wrestling based on one guy injuring the other? And Uh, a lot. Whether (laughs) they were kayfabe. I mean – are 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 you then telling me that Bruno San Martino shouldn't have been mad at Stan Hansen in kayfabe, right? Like, how far do you want to take this? I mean, when someone gets legitimately injured in a match, that's handing the promoter a storyline on a silver platter. That's a free storyline that you didn't that you didn't have before. It's it's a silver lining for a bad situation because now you can make money off of the legitimate injury when the guy comes back from the legitimate injury. And this has been something done in pro wrestling for decades, hundreds, if not thousands of times. Again, this is one of those things where I don't know where we are anymore as wrestling fans. If something like this is too hard to comprehend or doesn't make sense, I, I don't know where we are anymore. It, it, it makes me question whether this thing maybe has passed me by. I don't maybe I don't get it anymore. This couldn't be more self-explanatory or simple. And, well, and and just rooted in like actual human behavior. Like why would hang why wouldn't Hangman Page be annoyed by that? Yes, it is a pro wrestling match, but he still got knocked out and the guy made fun of him about it. And then he went away for a couple months because he got knocked out. And then he came back and the guy made fun of him again about it. Like, of course he'd be fucking pissed about that. He got punked out. He lost the match. He lost the title and he had to miss a bunch of time because of the way that the guy, you know, he hit him, whatever. Like, and, and, and I get, I understand the goal of a wrestling match. I I don't think that in kayfabe wrestlers are wrestling to incapacitate the other person and take them out for months at a time. Most of them are wrestling to win a match. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. if that is, is that a byproduct of it? No one's out there trying to break each other's necks. No one's out there trying to concuss everybody. It's just athletic, it's simulated sport. It's athletic competition. Like, you're not trying to – I'm not out there when I'm playing basketball hoping that I, I, I tear the ACL of my opponent that I'm playing or I, I elbow them in the face so that I can beat them. And No, that's not what my goal is. Like, Don't you just, don't you just feel stupid explaining this? I, like, why am I doing this? I can't believe I'm doing this and I don't want to do it anymore. At the end of the day, why would Hangman Page not – Oh, why? I don't understand why Heyman Page is mad. Well, I don't know. He got concussed, punked out, and the guy made fun of him, and he wants to get his revenge. I think that's pretty simple. You know what? I don't understand how Kevin Owens doesn't see a door propped open with Jey Uso's head sticking out, making funny faces. <laughs> right, that's that's what I don't understand. That's fine. <laughs> that I don't understand. Well, Lan- Lan- the, the show that Lance Storm works on, a man was murdered this week, and that's that's okay. But, yeah, this why is The him? irony. The irony of Lance Storm <laughs> complaining about this very simple story with an impact logo behind his head. <laughs> right. Well, somebody was murdered on his show. Where they killed a character. Now, Lan- now I know Lance isn't okay with that. But hey, that impact logo is still back there. That he's paying his mortgage. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's uh, I feel silly 
even <laughs> we, talking we spent about 10 this. minutes on this yeah, of why a man concussed another guy and took him out for a couple mo- uh, weeks and a couple months or whatever. And the guy that got concussed came back and wants his revenge on the guy. And we have to explain it of why this would make sense. I, I'm this is why I think I'm taking crazy pills or like you said, the thing has passed me by. I don't know what I don't know anymore. I don't know. I, it, I, I think it's only a select few people that are doing this and just continue to regurgitate it. But it does seem to grow in numbers every single. I don't know if that's just oh, it's me. a lot of fans. It's, yeah. it's a lot of well, fans. they start parroting this, too, because these are people they, you know, believe in and people that they trust. And, and, and yeah, they, you know, these people have said a lot of things that they've agreed with. And all of a sudden they're just going on this these just insane. Like, yeah, it gets parroted a lot. It does. It does. Maybe. Maybe maybe Bruno San Martino should have come back from the broken deck and said, "Ah, Stan Hansen's ah. supposed to try to break my neck, so I'm not mad at him." Right? Hey, water in the bridge, athletic competition, put her here, pal. And then they handshake, and then you know Bruno goes to face somebody else. Why does no any- re- <laughs> no rematch needed, Vince? Yeah. I it, Stan is just doing his job, so I'm not mad. Let's just shake hands and go on our merry way. Let's not make any money off of this. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> right, Stone Cold Steve Austin when he came back from Owen Hart. You know what, pal? It's all right, man. You're doing your job. Nicely done breaking yeah, my nah, neck. I'm so glad you broke my neck and I was out for eight months. So, you uh, know what? what, a, what You're the IC champ now. Are. Continue being the IC champ, pal. You, you won this one. So Yeah, you got the better of me, you rascal. Right? No. Yes, I know I... Stone Cold Steve Austin won the match. Don't comment. I know. I know. Yeah, we would get the idea. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like that, that's, that's the basis that's like the, the, the athletic competition and root- competition in anything, not even athletic competition. Well, it's like a board core- game. You can play a board game with somebody and lose and want a rematch because you lost. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're explaining wanting to beat somebody. What God, what are we the doing? The core root of pro wrestling is revenge. <laughs> also, and these are uber masculine morons that just maniac morons. Like, we need to stop treating them as they must be logical human beings. You know what I mean? Like, ah, it doesn't make logical sense for Hangman Page. No, Who but it does. If it, a, it does. And B, he's a fucking maniac. They're these uber masculine maniac dudes that want to fucking kill each other. You know, we're even, you know, we're taking this too far. Like, it, this is why it's silly to even have to explain any of this. The guy put him out. He wants his revenge. That's the basis of like. <laughs> A million pro wrestling storylines. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Including many that have drawn shit tons of money. I mean, it, <laughs> you can't chalk it all up to bad faith. No, we're, we're, we're getting past that point. Yeah, yeah we're, we're getting past just simply bad faith. It's, we're simply losing the plot on what pro wrestling is supposed to be. And, um, you know, I, 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 and, and I blame, you know, again, I blame WWE. I really do. And I know people are tired of me saying shit like this, but 20 years of that company doing things one way has indoctrinated a lot of people into thinking that's the way I, 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 I blame them. That company sucks so bad and it has for so long and it's rotted people's brains and it still sucks. Um, you know, it's allegedly so much different now they're playing poker on raw and doing 1.5 million dollars, 1.5 million viewers. So. It's the same old shit. Um, but but when we can't just have, hey, I don't like you. I'm challenging you to a match. Be, a, a, you know, a sufficient build for a, a fucking undercard pay-per-view match. And when we can't understand why a wrestler would want revenge for another wrestler injuring him, we have completely lost the plot. We've completely lost it. And, 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 and we've got to reel it back in at that point. You know, and you were right. I mean, Dave understands the feud. He just thinks they should have hammered it home more. Maybe replayed the fucking knockout, whatever the fuck. 
all right, whatever. But, I mean, if you pay attention to AEW, you understand why these guys don't like each other. Maybe Lance doesn't watch the show every week or something. I don't know. Um, or again, maybe people are just stupid, Rich. I, you know, I'll be the one to say it. I don't care. Um, I, I, I don't think you're very bright if you don't understand why these two characters wouldn't like each other. I, they, they, you know, you've seen the promos or have you? I mean, I, I assume people have seen the promos and saw the match and know the history, but maybe they don't. And maybe that's the other thing. Maybe history, it's hard. Maybe history doesn't matter to a lot of people because it doesn't matter in the other company. And it's a new pay-per-view cycle. And right, we're all just have goldfish brains right. and just say, oh, well, why do they not like each other right now? It's right. Like, well, yeah. And I, I and I'm not joking. Maybe that's a part of this. Right. Whereas Oh, I know they did that two I, months ago, but why are they upset at each other now? It's like, well, yeah, what right. happened two months yeah. ago? <laughs> Like that's old new. Like you know, everything has to be you know starting from scratch every time, because again, another company taught us that that's how they tell their stories, and this has been a company from day one that doesn't forget anything. Everything that has happened still matters in the future, um, and we talked about that for a long time. It's very Dragon Gate like in that way, where old grudges don't just magically go away. Old feuds don't magically go away they they're they the, these people behave like real people and it evolves and it continues on um I, I think it's fucking embarrassing that we have to spend time on this show explaining why these why moxley and 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 hangman don't like each other that's fucking embarrassing <laughs> it's pretty that sad. we have to do that that there's people that like genuinely don't get this you know it, it's it's crazy we have to waste our time to explain a basic pro wrestling story that can't be any simpler. Now, I don't want people who don't understand listening to this show. I don't even want you listening. <laughs> right. If, if if this if the Hangman Moxie thing has confused you, maybe go listen to yeah, the ringer. Go I, listen it, to the it, ringer. Go listen to the yeah, ringer. Yeah, don't be Pete has a show and it's a click away. Just we're not your speed. You know, I, I I'm sorry. Maybe that sounds like, I don't know what the word would be, arrogant or uppity. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. It's, it's, we're operating on different planes at that point. Are we done with the final battle? What else? We're done we with final battle. That's Joe. We, we, uh, we're, we're done in America. We only got Japan topics left to go. So, uh. I don't know if you want to ask me that. I think we can do it if we need. We got about twenty minutes left in the show. If you're if you're down, I, I, I I'm too fucking angry. Let's let's do another commercial and then then maybe I'll come down from my tree. Okay. Well, you got to plug the uh, Patreon then. So go ahead, plug let's the Patreon. Plug the, you want to play? All right, let's plug the Patreon. Let's do it. So yeah. we got a lot, we got a lot going on on the Patreon. You know what makes me happy? Making money. So let's plug the Patreon. Uh, we got a lot going on. We mentioned earlier that we have the uh, the full audio and the analysis of the Tony Khan media call for final battle. I don't know any others rich, all the other sites, they all th- look, you can get the audio anywhere, right? I mean, you could literally get the audio in probably a dozen different outlets, but what you cannot get is Joe Lanza's detailed analysis of the media call. You can only get that in one place. And that's the, the flagship Patreon on the $5 tier. I don't know anyone who's digging uh, as deep as I am into these media calls and giving you the, the type of analysis you're getting. Uh, uh, from me um, uh, for these calls. So we've got that on the $5 tier. 
Rich is starting a new series, Christmas with the Captain. Do you yeah. want to briefly tell people about that? Go ahead. Yeah, so what we're going to do with uh, Christmas with the Captain is we are going to uh, review, discuss uh, a little bit different. It's not going to be like match by match reviews or whatever, but we're going to we're going to cover Christmas themed things in wrestling. So the first episode is going to cover you know how the Christmas Day tradition of wrestling began, and then we're going to bookend that. Uh, with the beginning of the first episode or the end of the first episode, I should say, we'll touch on the 1982 uh, world-class Christmas Star Wars main event, Carrie Von Eric versus Ric Flair, uh, featuring a very, very, very famous angle that ignited the world-class territory and has been copied and and, and redone 10,000 times by every promotion under the sun uh, because of how good and how effective it was. So we're going to cover that. Uh, then we're going to jump all over the place. We'll talk about Santa Claus. I've been, uh, many people have said that they want me to cover uh, a June Kasai blood Xmas. So we'll do that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Christmas creature. We might dive into uh, December to dismember, but it'll essentially just be, you know, a, a Every single show will have a couple topics about Christmas-related things, whether it be matches, shows, uh, wrestlers, whatever. Uh, so it's just going to be kind of Christmas-themed stuff, just fun, something fun to kind of finish out the, uh, the the year and finish out the, the holiday season here uh, to flagship Patreon. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I've already started watching some of the stuff and taking some notes. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. It's going to be a really cool series, I think. So on the ten dollar tier, I have a new written piece up. I did the uh, I ranked the top twenty five tag teams of twenty twenty two. So, um, and that's just not a uh, it's not a listicle. I don't just have a list of twenty five teams with a small blurb. I've got about four thousand words of analysis on uh, on my ranking of the top twenty five teams worldwide uh, across the world of wrestling for the year twenty twenty two. And uh, there's also some recommended matches. It goes through my thought process of why I ranked all the teams where I did. Um, Rich, did you take a look at that without without giving anything away in terms of the rankings? If you uh, start at the number one team and work your way up the list, where is the first number where you would have a point of contention? The first number I'd have a point of contention. So in other words, do you disagree with my number one? Uh, No, no. Would you disagree with my number two? Uh, No. How about number three? Three, I think you're good. Four, I think you're good as well. Five, yeah, I might start there. I don't think I've loved five as much as you did this year. I'd probably if if I were you, I'd probably swap five and six. Uh, you think seven is too high based on what really is? Nah, only, nah, I don't. You'd still have them in there I think somewhere. They, when you shine as, as 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 bright as they have for those, yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay, and um, then I think I'm pretty good. Eight, I love. That's a great one. That that's a re- like anybody that has a problem with that is just not watching. Um, mm-hmm. Nine solid, ten. I probably would have ten a little higher, but I I, I totally understand your explanation for why. Oh, you you'd have them higher. higher. You'd have, have them a little higher. higher. Have them a little because the resume is a little thin. It I is thin. It is thin. But like I said, it's it's one of those things where when you bright when you shine as brightly as as they have, I I think, yeah. um, yeah. But other than that, the top ten, I really I think it's a solid. I like I don't know that there's anybody out of your top ten that I would say, oh, you got to get that team in your because then once you get to your 11, 12, 13, 14, I'm like, oh yeah, those guys all kind of belong, you know, out of the top ten. To me, it felt like a very clear cutoff of the top 10. So the top 10 you agree with, although you might swap them around. A yeah, lot. like your number five, I might throw down at eight or nine or whatever. And your number six, I might, you know, push up a little bit more. But yeah, your top 10 is like pretty much almost exactly probably what I would have my top 10 be. Any obvious snubs from the 25 at all? Uh, hmm, I don't know that I... 
And on the op and the opposite question, is there anyone in the 25 where you're like, what the fuck did you see in those guys this year? Uh yeah, your 15's a little. I mean, 15, I, I, like. I like 15, but I don't think that they've been good. So you know what I mean? 15, you might not even have in there at all. Let right. alone that yes, high. yes. I, I don't know if I'd have the number 15. I like I like your number 15 team, but I don't think they've done enough or they've done it to, to, warrant to, to, belo- to belong there. No. A top 25 placing, especially that high. Okay. Uh, all right. So that that I think is a good teaser to get people wondering. You won't believe what up. Joe ranks at number eight. <laughs> we've done a we've done a BuzzFeed like. You're yeah. not going to believe who's number eight. Yeah. Yeah. When I looked at it, I will say that um, number 11, which I think might be the controversial one. I, I I wasn't even expecting to have number 11 that high, but I could not justify. I could not justify putting them in the top 10, but I also couldn't really justify putting any of those other teams ahead of them. I think they're right where they belong. Yeah, I agree. I think they're right where they belong. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's a interesting piece that is on the um, $10 tier. And I put a lot of work into that. So uh, I'd appreciate if uh, people are interested, if they check that out match of the week, this week was actually three matches. It was Bobby Eaton running the WCW gauntlet from September of 1990. Love this. So we need this back. So we need this back. Yeah. So if you don't know anything about the WCW gauntlet, you will learn a thing or two with this week's match of the week on the $5 tier. Uh, basically, it was a short-lived concept where WCW would take a wrestler, and uh, since WCW had shows on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on TBS, the wrestler would have to win three consecutive matches on each of the weekend's three shows, and if they completed the gauntlet, they'd win $15,000. That's life-changing money. And if they lost any of the matches along the way, the three blockers, as they were called, would all split the money and split the fifteen grand. So... Uh, this week's match of the week takes a look at Bobby Eaton's attempt to run the WCW gauntlet and his opponents are Tracy Smothers. And then if he gets past Tracy Smothers, he could potentially face Ricky Morton and then Sid, Sid as the number three blocker. So a very challenging gauntlet for Bobby Eaton, two of his arch rivals, right? And then if he gets by those guys, he's got uh, the daunting Sid Vicious to look forward to in the third match. So that was the match of the week. And um, did you wrap up the goal? Are we done with Goldberg? The Goldberg or no? Is, uh, no, 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 no. We we're in November. We still got December, man. We got we got Starcade coming up. Yeah, I, I did uh, November. That just dropped. Uh, it's November of nineteen ninety eight. Chapter five of Goldberg one seventy three and one, uh, covering Bam Bam's uh, uh, return to WCW, his 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 redebut and inserting himself into the Goldberg feud, and then the very, very clear and obvious master politicians plotting their devious coup, which you can see coming a mile away, uh, with Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, and Hulk Hogan to, you know, faking that they're all fighting and 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 they're all in trouble, working the boys, always a good thing to work the boys. Uh, so we'll touch on that. This is the most like depressing episode because you can see the iceberg coming and you're like, oh dear God, oh God, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So it's like uh it, it was a lot of fun to do this episode in November nineteen ninety eight. And there's some really fun Bam Bam Goldberg shit that if you haven't watched in a while is just really, really good. But yeah, we're getting uh, this will be this month will be the last chapter. So we will conclude with December of nineteen ninety eight, everything that happened for Goldberg in that month, and then of course him losing at Starcade nineteen ninety eight, and then we'll do a little bit of what happened after that, of course the finger poke of doom, uh and and just you know what happened with Goldberg for the rest of his WCW run, which was, you know, not great. So uh, it's it, that, that'll that be the episode of definitely, if you, if you haven't checked this out, uh, if you're, it sounds, 
this episode, this month's episode will be the big one. This will cover everything, but you should really listen to all chapters. Uh, really, recommend yeah, I see that. now that the last one just covers November. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, November, so, okay, and um, coming up this week. Okay, so listen closely. There will be an instant reaction for ROH Final Battle on Saturday, but it will not be a live instant reaction. What does that mean? It will be on the $5 tier, and it will obviously not be live. So for all of you $5 tier people who never get to hear the instant reactions because we do them live, for Final Battle... It's going to be an old school, regular old instant reaction, not live, and it'll be on the $5 tier. So if you're not a subscriber and you want to hear the instant reaction show for Final Battle and you're one of those people who just drops in, a lot of you subscribe during pay-per-view months to hear the instant reactions. You don't need to sub on the $10 tier this time around. You can save yourself $5 and you can you can get the ROH Final Battle instant reaction on the $5 tier because it's not a live show. So that's number one. Number two, possibly coming up at some point this week, we've discussed possibly doing a reaction show to the Observer Hall of Fame results that are coming out in this Thursday's Observer. Um, We're still working out whether we can do that and what day we can do it, but that would also be on the $5 tier if we do uh, uh, sort of a Hall of Fame wrap-up show once Meltzer publishes the results in the observer and the wee hours on Thursday morning, uh, Thursday night slash Friday morning. So that could be Friday. That could be Monday. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, do or, something. We just don't know when exactly it's, it's all. We're going to do it. It's, it's sometime in the next week. Is that safe to say sometime yes, in the yes, next absolutely. seven days, we're going to have uh, a hall of fame wrap up show to, to wrap up and conclude our wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame coverage for this year as well. So, um, a lot of content this week. I would recommend just going $10 tier so you get that um, tag team uh, article and everything else that comes with it. But um, a lot of stuff on the $5 tier too on the Patreon side. So I think we do have a few minutes left, Rich. We do. So now, and, and I do want to say that I know that we had the stream issue a little bit earlier and, you know, we can go a little over because normally I would say, you know what, this is a good time to do an overrun. But just in case, if, if maybe that first half of the show is cut off or there are issues with it, I will do this one for free. So, Joe, ask me the so, question. So from what I understand, people who are jumping in late on the live feed cannot listen to the first half right. hour. I think that will be corrected once I end the stream. But if it's not, we'll figure it out. I'll see what I can do. But. You may have a backup or you may not have a sometimes backup. Sometimes the backup works. Sometimes the backup doesn't work. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. So, pretend, I mean, it's not like anything was missed. We fucking talked about NXT. We talked about the ratings. The yeah. Ratings. Well, no, I think the ratings were all. Oh, we did talk a lot about the ratings. It was the ratings and then we buried NXT. Yeah. Um, well, shit. So, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good. But in case we're not, I, I apologize. So, it could either be lost entirely or it could be there with really, really shitty quality or you could have a backup and then everything will be good. Right. So we have no idea what the fuck. <laughs> we don't know the scenario There's until we end the show. Any option. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, um, we do have a few minutes left, though. And uh, I do have a question for Rich. And that question is, do you want to go bouncing around Japan? Let's do it. I also said, oh, I almost said around the NFL, since I've been doing that every week. With <laughs> Collins on the NFL. With the same show, music? Which, by, 
which uh, uh, yes, the Orient Express theme as we <laughs> talk about the uh, NFL games. Which, by the way, people looking for an NFL show this week, there will not be one because this is normally the day that we do the NFL show. So uh, the NFL show is canceled. That's another house cleaning note as we uh, over the Orient Express music here. So anyway, Rich, uh, number of topics to get to. Who's leading who through these bouncing topics? How do you want to do uh, this? Why don't you start? Well, I'll, I'll lead you through this one because I have not sure. watched the most recent ones of this, but I want you to kind of chime in real quick. Uh, Super Junior Tag Tournament World Tag League in New Japan. Super Junior standings as of today, uh, we have Four, five, sorry, five teams all tied with 12 points. Uh, Alex Zane and L. Lindemann. What's that? Sauce, Sauce Hearts? Sauce Hearts, I believe is their name. Uh, 12 points at six and two. Uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay of the Bullet Club, 12 points, six and two. TJP and Francesco Akira, 12 points, six and two. Bushi and Teton, 12 points. And then Leo Rush and Yo all have 12 points. Effectively, everybody else, I think, is pretty much done. I don't. They're all out, right? There's no way that they can catch up, so... There's only one match. There's only one. There's only one match left. Oh, done. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're all done. So it's between those five teams. Now you have caught up on this. You've watched everything. What can you share from last week uh, that people need to check out? And and kind of how do you see this scenario playing out? The last uh, last match and, and and then the final. I've watched every show with the exception of the show that happened on the seventh. But in terms of the uh, junior tournament. Uh, not much has changed from last week. I think TJP and Akira have clearly been the standout team of the entire tour, quite honestly, uh, regardless of weight. But a lot of the other teams have made up some ground. I think that Ace Austin and Chris Bay have been fantastic. I think they've been um, an excellent team. Leo Rush and Yo. Leo Rush looks great. I know we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, and we'll go through the scenarios on the final night with those five teams. Um the skips for me as the tour moved along were Taguchi and Clark Connors. I have no time for Taguchi. All of their matches were identical. Taguchi pulling his pants down, showing the red underwear. I just, I've had enough. Taguchi needs to be sent. I used to call it Nakanishi land because Manabu Nakanishi was the first guy that they really banished to the prelims and wasn't involved in tournaments or any matches of consequences. And then slowly they kind of moved Tenzan to Nakanishi land and then Kojima and then Yuji Nagata and then Hanma and then Jushin Liger, right? Um, it's time for Taguchi to be moved to Nakanishi land. And maybe we should call it Makabe land. Yeah, I was going to say Makabe's there Nakanishi. right now, kind of, yeah. Makabe's there now. He's firmly there. He, you know, he doesn't do, you know, Great Bash Heel have been on this tour. They're just not in the tournament, you know? So he's another example. Taguchi's 43 years old. His act has grown th- has grown tired. Uh, there's plenty of people now. They have a deep roster. It's time for Taguchi to be moved to Makabe Land. I'm so sick of this guy. Kanemaru and Doki have been a lot of fun. They upset TJP and Akira in the main event on the show on either the fourth or the fifth. And uh, you know they've been good. Kushida and Kevin Knight. They usually work the opener because Kevin Knight's involved. But they've been a super fun team. Show and Dick Togo have been an instant skip. And um, as we look at the final night, so the seventh was the show that happened this morning. The ninth is a mixed card where I think every, no, that's the heavyweight card. So the next show is on the ninth and that'll be a heavyweight show. And then we have the show on the 10th, which is the final block night for the juniors. All right. So let's look at this night and Kushida versus flying tiger. Meaningless. 
Uh, Leo Rush and Yo versus Bushi and Teton. That's an important match. TJP and Akira versus Ace Austin and Chris Bay. That's an important match. Uh, Connors and Taguchi versus House of Torture. Meaningless. And then the Sauce Hearts, and they have this as listed as the main event against Kanemuro and Doki. So we talked about this last week, but that sure screams upset to me. Okay, where Kanemuro and Doki will probably knock them off. So it'll come down to the winners of the, the matches between Rush and Yo versus LIJ and Akira and TJP versus Bullet Club. And then whoever has the tiebreaker between those two teams that win. Because the winners of those matches will be tied at 14. And it'll come down to who beat who. The bottom line here is I think this is virtually impossible to work out. They can go any number of ways. You wouldn't think that Akira and TJP will win, though, because they're the champs. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So it comes down to Leo Rush and Yo, Bushi and Teton, or probably Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I think the Stronghearts team will get upset by Kanemuro and Doki and knock them out. So, um, you know, it, who do you think that they'll put in a Wrestle Kingdom match? It's not going to be Kevin Knight. So let's knock out Knight and Kushida. So we're looking at either Flying Tiger, uh, Chaos, or the LIJ team. What do you think, Rich? <sighs> or do you disagree with any of the eliminations? No, I, I, I think I'm with you on that. Um, I think there's a strong possibility, too, that you I have. I think I said Flying Tiger, but I, I, I meant they're out. I meant LIJ or Bullet Club. Is yes, yeah, I'm yeah. The Bushi and Teton or Ace Austin and Chris. Bay. Yeah, I think Bushi and Teton seem like or the Leo Rush Yo team. Yeah, I, I think the Bushi and Teton seem like the most likely team to me. I do also think with it being a one night Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, they're doing the Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, but that doesn't really count. Uh, with it being the one night Wrestle Kingdom, I do. It, do you think there's a possibility that it, you know two of those teams could be in there? They could do a three way. They could do something like that. So. That you shouldn't, you uh, can't just pick one. Uh, you know what I mean? I hate to do the cop out. I would say if you're doing a one, it's Bushi and Teton would be my pick, but I think there's a strong possibility that there could be Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Bushi and Teton could make it through. Well, you'd have to have a three way tie for that that involved Catch 22, which right. is Akira and TJP, because they won't do a tiebreaker for a three way tie if all of the teams, if, they, if they're all one and one against each other, right? If they do any other two-way tie, they're just going to break the tie with whoever won the the, the match. So I, I understand you can never discount the possibility of a three-way. So that means you would knock out Ace Austin and Chris Bay because in order to do the three-way tie, you need the champs involved and they need to win that match. So that would knock out Austin and Bay. So then you would have Akira and TJP, the Sauce Hearts team, and the winner of the Leo Rush Yo versus LIJ match. And then you'd have the three-way tie and then you do the three-way match. At the right, goal. right. That'd be the only way to get to that. Um, and then you'd have to look and see and make sure that they're all one and one against each other, which I'm not going to do that right now. But of the look, scenario you gave me, I like, I like Bushi and T-Time moving forward the best. You know, they haven't, they haven't really uh, pushed them as hard as I thought, because I thought they were going to win the titles from Akira and TJP in their first match and they didn't um but they did come all the way back sort of in this tournament to get back to 12 and get into the mix so you could be right about that we'll see i will say this it's very unpredictable and that's good 
they've set this up to where I have no fucking idea how. Well, all this and then is you're, you're getting out. a well, you're getting a final though, right? This is the year of the final. So I guess all this is moot. <laughs> Everything because they're I think they're doing the uh, the top two teams getting a final. Uh, yeah, they're doing a final on uh, what's the date on that? They're doing two finals for each tournament on the fourteenth. Yeah, but you're saying you think there'll be three teams in that is what you're saying. I'm saying I think there'll be three teams at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know about the final. I mean, I guess oh. they could do three teams in the final too, which. I really wish they wouldn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. I just think they're going to shoehorn one of those teams in. Because you were asking me, like, which one of these would you have at Wrestle Kingdom? And I was like, I think you might get both, to be honest. Well, I was but. just jumping ahead a step. But, you, the the yeah, so you can have you can have the Catch-22 team win their match here and then lose to somebody in the final. Right, right. Yeah, so you can definitely They can lose to that. Bushi and Teton or they can lose to Bay and Austin or whatever and then uh, do it that way. Yeah, well, they're facing Bay and Austin in the, fi- in the oh, final right, match. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it could be Rush, you know, Rush and Yo or, or, yeah, or right, the right. LIP team or whatever, and then face them in the final two days later. Um, on the heavyweight side, the big push has gone to Aussie Open, and to me, they've been the best team as well. Um, but there's a lot of heavyweight matches left, and it's it's too many to work out. Plus, the Fale Chase Owens team is out, and people are getting free wins against them. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Aussie Open drew them on the final block night. Let me double check that. And if that's the case, they did. So if the intent was to have Aussie Open get upset on the final night by Fale and Owens, that's out the window and they're going to have to rebook some shit. But I have a suspicion that Aussie Open are going to the finals of this thing regardless. Uh, the question is who they go in there with. But there's 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 only there are only seven matches in, so there's two matches left, and we don't really have time to go. No, no, all no. And they out. and they've been in big time spots too. They've been in main events. They've been getting in. You know, not only are they having the great the best matches, they have been put in top top spots. I mean, to me, it's so clear that they're winning this thing. Like they have to be. <laughs> like the way that the way they've been positioned on the cards, the way the matches have gone, the way yeah they. To me, they're very, very, very clearly winning this thing. I'd be stunned if another team wins a World Tag League. So I'm wondering if I discounted it, but I'm wondering if there's a scenario where you can get just two teams on the junior side with 14 points on the final night. I guess you can. I guess I didn't think you could, but you can because you could have the winner of the Chaos LIJ match and the winner of the Catch-22 Bullet Club match and then Sauce Hearts gets upset like I thought they would. So maybe we overthought this because you could easily have two teams finish with 14 and go to the final. Just the winners of those two matches. So you right, wouldn't right. need Okay, yeah. You, yeah. Would, you wouldn't need tiebreakers to determine who goes to that final because you can end up with a clean two. Yeah, you just got to get Sauce Hearts out of there, but that's we 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 came up with that scenario last week of how they're out. Of yeah, there. yeah. So that's what they're going to do with the with the with the junior tournament. I kind of overthought that one, but um, the the heavyweight tournament, there's too many teams in the mix. Aussie Open has the 12, and really they have 14 because they're going to get the two points for the Bullet Club match, and then you have TMDK and and Naito and Sonata with 10, and and uh, Goto and Yoshihashi are sitting at 10 as well. And I don't know if Yano and Tanahashi are eliminated with the eight because they can get to twelve. Well, no, they well no, they wouldn't be. I well, I'd have to look at all the matchups. 
because I think they could still finish second. They can't finish first, but they could finish second. Um, but then it just comes down to who do you think they're going to put in a in, potentially in a match with FTR at Wrestle Kingdom, and I think it's going to be Aussie Open. Right, right. So. I think that that's to me so clearly that you're not doing Naito and Sonata. You're not doing I, Goto and Yoshi. Like it's it's Aussie Open FTR is the match you want to have at Wrestle Kingdom. And then that's hopefully the way that they're going, the direction that they're going. So we'll see. Yeah, so we'll know all of this by next week's show because this will all be finished. Right. Uh, What we do know, Joe, moving on to our next topic here, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Junior Battle of Glory, Real World Tag League. Uh, They all wrapped up today, earlier today. Uh, I think are the shows that you haven't watched, they're not, I don't even know if they're live yet. I'm I'm always a little bit behind on watching my All Japan. It it usually, you know, when there's some downtime, I'll I'll, I'll check in on uh, All Japan. So I don't know if those shows are even... They're even live yet. I think they're they're live now. So you can you go to all TV and watch them. No, they're all up. You're have up. you yeah, have you seen them yet? No. No, I'm still behind on that tournament. Okay. I'm caught up on New Japan. I'm behind on All Japan. But we know that Aoyagi won the Junior Battle of Glory. So we talked about how weak that field was last week. They went with the champion, which is rare in these things. <laughs> it shows you how weak so, it was. There's like ah whatever, just have win. <laughs> they just said fuck it. You know right. we're going with the champ. Um, and then in the tag side. Uh, with the Shino out, who knows if this was rebooked or whatnot. But it came down to Miyahara and Takuya Nomura versus Suji Ishikawa and Cyrus, who I was rooting for to win the tournament. But it ended up being Miyahara and Nomura. So Miyahara, who's you know already the Triple Crown champ, and now he wins the Tag League as well with Nomura. So, but who knows if that was a change of plans? Uh, you know, maybe we'll never know. We probably will never know. Um, but there you go. So. Um, you know, maybe Miyahara will uh, will be a double champion before long. When are they doing? I guess Aoyagi can't face himself, but when are they doing a potential title match? Do you know that or no? Uh, I don't know if I have that. Maybe somebody in the notice chat room can let us know. I don't know. I don't know if they have a Corkin show on January third, uh, New Year's week. So I don't know if that's been announced for that show yet. I don't think I saw anything for that, but uh, somebody could let us know if if they have announced that. But I don't believe they have just yet so we'll see yeah so it'd be suwama and um masayuki kono defending against miyahara and takuya nomura yeah. at some point Soon. at some point yeah so um but but we don't know when but those those tournaments are wrapped up the new japan tournaments will be wrapped up what what i say the date was in the final the 14th yes yeah 14th oh maybe it won't be because the 14th is... Well, yeah, if we do a show on Thursday, it'll yeah, be Yeah, if we're doing a Thursday, we'll, we'll be good to go. So, because it'll end that morning. Um, and I'll try to get that watched. At least the important matches. Um, hey, listen, Bright Lights. Bright Lights. Oh, uh, Bright Lights is going to be there. Yeah, of course. Um, the Bright Lights of the Sendai that. Sun Plaza. It's a Sun Plaza, so I, I can imagine it being pretty bright there. And then, you know, fits the gimmick. So we'll have the never open weight match. And the two finals of the tournaments. And we can... Um, that'll be on next week's show, along with Final Battle and along with the NXT show. So it'll be a loaded show next week. No time for your shenanigans. No, no, week. no. Just get right down to professional wrestling discussion. I can't wait next yes. week. No Christmas talk. No wrestling on this here wrestling podcast. Uh, speaking of wrestling, Dragon Gate had a free Cork and Hall show this week. So if you are 
on the fence. Hey, I don't know if I really want to pay for Dragon Gate Network. I don't know. You can watch this show for free. You just have to give them your email address and probably get some emails here and there uh, every so often. But the December 6th show from Corican Hall is free. Uh, you just got to go to Dragon Gate Network and you can sign up English and Japanese commentary. I thought it was a very fun show. Uh, I watched all of it. We're a little low on time, so we, I'm not going to go match by match with the reviews or whatever. Uh, main event, go out of your way to check this one out. You especially, Joe. Uh, Yuki Yoshioka defends the Dreamgate title against Masaki Mochizuki. They go about 26 minutes. It fucking rules. Mochizuki is just the best, even though he's, what, 53, 54 years old. I mean, just timeless guy. He's still as good as he's ever been. It's just absolutely absurd that he's as good as he still is. Uh, Yoshioka, I think, had a really good performance here as well. Uh, just a solid as hell match. A really, really good main event. So definitely want to check that one out. Uh, in general, I thought it was a pretty good show. They debuted a, a, a new guy from their dojo that looks pretty solid. Like, they got a lot of good stuff uh, going up and down the card on Dragon Gate. And I know that you have kind of been kind of wishy-washy on Dragon Gate this year and, and the vibes and all that sort of stuff. I would say the vibes of this show were good. This felt like a very much, okay, this... It does feel like a lot of the dead weight and the weirdness of whatever was happening the last six months or last year or whatever has kind of lessened. And there's really only one, you know, anchor still there, Ultimate Dragon, uh, who's still kind of hanging around. But everybody else is pretty much either Dragon Gate guys or guys that, you know, are in their dojo coming up or whatever. So it does feel like we're pretty much back to where we need to be with Dragon Gate, which is, is very good. It makes me feel uh, a lot better that uh, we're there. And uh, one of the things that happened on this show uh, is after a uh, the high-end... Uh, Ryu and Yoshida match uh, against the Zebrats. A very familiar song played, and it was Shingo Takagi making his return to Dragon Gate for the first time in years. Uh, he's going to team with BB Hulk on the December 25th, the final gate show uh, against uh, Kakuda and Yamato at, at that show. So Shingo, with his old Dragon Gate music, uh, appears back in Dragon Gate. So that was a cool moment. The crowd just went nuts for that as well. Uh, just got, went wild to see Shingo back. Uh, in Dragon Gate, and that, that helped the vibes of the show, too, because you're like, fuck yeah, Shingo's back, you know, there's no no Sawa on here, only Ultimo Dragon's still kind of hanging around, like, a lot of the dirt bags are gone, so it uh, feels pretty good, uh, Dragon Gate right now, so I've definitely checked that show out if you're interested in watching Dragon Gate. Again, it's free, uh, I don't know how long it's going to be free for, so maybe get on that as, you know, sooner rather than later, but uh, it is free, uh, December 6th, Cork and Hall show uh, on English and Japanese commentary. All right. And then uh, we have these Christmas New Year's topics. I guess I'll real quickly go over these since we're already bouncing around Japan. Uh, not a ton to this, but uh, this is a big, always a big time uh, for Japanese wrestling. Uh, the Christmas uh, week and then New Year's week is always a big deal. And right now we have a bunch of shows going on uh, between the 23rd and the 25th, including that final battle show that I talked about as well. Uh, a lot of major stuff happening on New Year's week uh, as well. And these are just the promotions that we regularly follow and watch. So sorry, Wave and, and 666 and... Michinoku Pro, we are not going to mention you here, but you got Noah the New Year. That's going to be on January 1st again, so kick off the new year uh, with what looks like a really, really fun show. Uh, Nakamura versus Great Muda. We'll, we'll preview this, obviously, as we get a little bit closer. Uh, Kiyomiya and Kano for the GHD Heavyweight title, uh, and then Kojima and Sugira defending their titles against Kenta and Naomichi Marafuji. Hell yes. There, GHC tag team title match there uh, between those two. Zero uh, One, our annual... Are you excited to watch Zero One for the, fir the, the first and last time? In 2023? Hey, I mean, you know, they don't make tape too much. Sometimes I watch everything, but I always watch. Always the watch the Happy New Year show. Yeah, Masato Tanaka defending the Zero One. He's got to be like nine years into that reign at this point, right? Like, I feel like Masato Tanaka's just always the champion. Well, it was what, it was that beef boy for a while. What was that guy's name? I love him. He's in Gleet now. Um, 
Okay, yeah, that guy's game. long gone. That yeah, guy's long gone. That guy rocked. But uh, Masato Tanaka is your champion now, and he's going to be defending against Masa Kitamiya, who is a perfect 0-1 guy. A perfect 0-1 guy. Masa Kitamiya. I love yeah. it. So that's going to be the Happy New Year's show. So we'll do our annual Let's Talk About 0-1 for a week uh, show. Uh, Big Japan well, Rest- he feels like he feels like he's been champion forever because, I mean, he won it on the New Year's show in 2021. Held it for a long time. Takashi Segura came and won it for and held it for a while. And then Tanaka beat him back. Okay. So Tanaka has had it really for like the better part of 2021 and 2022 with the exception of, um, well, you know, about a seven-month period, I guess, where Segura had it in between. So he sandwiched the long Segura run with two long Masato Tanaka runs. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, the Gleet guy is, um, I believe you're, you're thinking of Hayato Tamura. Hayato Tamura. Yeah. He was that big beef boy. I love that guy. He, but. He's the Gleet guy and he's got, you know, I don't know. I don't watch Gleet, so I don't know how he's doing, but he showed some potential in, in zero one. But um, yeah, look, they may as well just keep it on Tanaka at this point. I don't anticipate. Uh, I, hey, I Masa Kitamiya, I, that's a great guy to put that I mean, he on. could. I mean, they've done weird things with that belt. Again, Segura just held it, and, you know, so you, you never know. But, um, no, I'll, I'll be into their New Year's show. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, anyway, that's the that's our zero one, th- and we'll do more zero one of talk course. after that show. Yeah, and we'll, then, do, we'll, we'll do our annual, hey, zero one's kind of cool. We should watch this, and then it never makes safe, and then we don't watch it. Because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make safe. It makes safe, like, Four times a year at this point, so it's hard to hard to keep up on the on the zero one. Uh, big Japan, they're running January second. They always uh, do their big uh, strong title match here. Uh, Yuji Okabayashi, a guy who's also been champion, I believe, for nine straight years, uh, against uh, Kamatani. So that feels like a match that they've probably done a bunch of times too. So. Did you watch? Did you watch the Okabayashi Sekimoto match from earlier this year? Uh, yes, like yes. Roll yeah. back to. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah it was I like. Uh, it. And I remember we had that discussion. I said. This used to ha- used to be able to just watch Japanese wrestling and these types of matches happen all the time. Now they're very rare. You know what I mean? Like they very rarely happen. This type of it's just the bell rings and two guys just beat the fuck out of each other. You know what I mean? Like that so rarely happens now. But when I started first watching Japanese wrestling, that was I mean, you see it all the fucking time. But yeah. Yeah, they I mean, it was almost it wasn't as good as their vintage matches they've had against each other, but there was a nostalgic feel about it. Yeah. Watching those two guys wrestle each other. Uh, for that title, especially, it felt like 2011, had... like 2011, 2013, somewhere in that range. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I think Okabayashi will have a full year long reign by the time the second rolls around. So, um, yes, you know... yeah, because I'm, I'm looking right now. He won it at last year's uh, New Year's yeah. show. So yeah, he, he will have a full year then. Yeah. So you know that's that's uh, you know the, the the new year is always a fresh start where you can say all right i'll give these promotions a chance and we'll see how long they hold my attention that's the <laughs> right. way i look at it a uh, bunch of other ones running as well i don't know how many of these are going to make tape 2aw is going to be there we used to be a 2aw show maybe we'll be a 2aw show again probably not uh, all japan is in Corican. like i said stardom is running on the third uh, obviously wrestle kingdom on january 4th uh new year dash from new japan happening on january 5th and then dragon gate uh, happening on January 7th as well. But there's a ton of other shows. Michinoku Pro does their annual Christmas show that some gifts come out of, you know, Great Sasuke doing something insane every single year. So we'll see what ends up happening with, with, with that. But uh, yeah, we, we always, I, I love this time of year because it's a great time to, like you said, sample all these promotions that you don't really watch all that much and they all have really hot crowds and, and good shows. 
and then they kind of go back into their exodus again, and you just don't really watch them again. But I was, uh, you Sometimes. know, the, the year always starts where I'm like, all right, this year I'm watching every zero one match that makes tape, and then I, I don't. So. And some years I do. Like it, again, it, certain promotions will hold your attention and others won't. And you like, never know. Which we ones. were on a three month thing. I mean, sure, there was no other wrestling going on in the world, but still, yeah, like, it was yeah. still. I got into AW for a little while, and sometimes that happens. But you know, maybe if it's going to happen, it's going to start on New Year's week. You go through little phases, and sometimes it's all right. This year, I'm really into this promotion, or. Or, or they just fall by the wayside, and what you do is you just check out their big title matches when they come around. And, and, and some promotions you don't even do that for. Um, you know, it all depends. And before you end that music, Rich, I guess one more quick topic as yeah, we bounce around got? Japan that deserves a little talk. Jake Lee it will not be resigning with All Japan. Oh. So um, he will be on his way to uh, Destination Unknown in 2023. Uh, what do you think of Jake Lee? leaving all japan and where do you think would be a good landing spot for uh for jake lee yeah i think he strikes me as a guy i mean we know he tried to get himself into the g1 this year and that didn't uh, quite work out very well um i don't know where where would jake lee fit in in the i think he could fit in anywhere like honestly jake lee as jake lee can fit in anywhere like you can find a spot for him not as like the guy that's like one of your top dogs or not a guy that's thought of as being one of the top dudes in your company he's not that like he's just not that guy and that's fine that's okay throw him in noah he'd be perfectly fine as like the 10th most important guy in noah throw him in new japan he'd be perfectly good as like the you know 11th 12th 13th you know somewhere in that range best guy he could be the he could be an lij and be the fifth you know most important guy in lij i think that's probably the best role for him i'd say if you're leaving all japan you must have those companies in mind like i can't imagine where else you would be thinking about going i mean i guess ddt would be one option and i don't think america's in in his his future at all but yeah you're not gonna leave all japan to go you know do stuff in you know, 2aw or big japan or zero you know what i mean like you're not leaving the company well, to do that so I, i'd imagine it's either new japan noah maybe ddt and and i don't know what else where else he could possibly be going you know, I, I I don't know how much further ahead in the pecking order all Japan is from those other places, though, at this point. So it's really well, so, I mean, I, to me, it'd be like a linear move. If you're going to like, why would you why would you leave all Japan to go do the same bullshit? Well, maybe he feels like there is just he's hit a ceiling there. They tried it. It didn't work. And he's not wrong, um, by the way. He's not wrong. I look him leaving. I don't I don't no, have a problem. Away. with. That's fine. I think I think he needs a change of pace. If he went somewhere like New Japan, they would completely repackage him. That's what they do with people. And maybe they have a great idea for him that would work, that would give him the charisma he so desperately needs. Maybe they're not interested in all, like they weren't interested in the G1. Um, maybe he pops up on one of these New Year's shows to challenge one of these champions after one of these championship matches that we just talked about. Uh, but it'll be interesting that because he is a name wrestler he's a former triple crown champion whatever that's worth in this day and age and he's gonna pop up somewhere so who are his I, connections know, like who are who are the guys i know he was tr- he, he came through the all japan dojo right i think Mo- muda was there at the time yeah i don't know what his relationship but i'm not sure if he's still with, cool there and then yeah i don't know but he's all japan through and through but that whatever yeah. that means anymore it doesn't going really back to the beginning the beginning of the last decade so it would be muto and people like that that would have um, brought him up. But um, I, again, I don't know if he has any relationship with Muto. Right, if right, he right. does have a relationship with Muto, and Muto's on the way out. But if he does have a good relationship with Muto, can Muto get him into Noah before Muto skedaddles on out? Sure. 
I, I don't see him as a fit for Noah, honestly. I mean, you know, how would he fit in politically with all of those shooters and political masterminds? And um, he already lacks charisma to begin with. He doesn't really work that oh, style. He's eaten alive there. Yeah, yeah. he's eaten alive. I, I don't. I don't see Noah as a good I, I fit think, at all. Well, I mean, again, like I, it, it depends what you want him to be. If you just want him to be a guy, like he's just a dude on your roster, I. He, fit in a no i think you use him in the mid card or something like that you get eaten alive but i think you can use him in the mid card and that's where new japan would be too and i don't does he want that is that is that really what you leave all japan to do is go become a mid card guy in a bigger company you know i'm looking at the chat gerard makes a good point he did leave to do mma you think those noah guys would respect him because of that that's right probably that's an angle that's an <laughs> angle i didn't think of <laughs> stupidly uh, yes probably yeah you know because i hadn't considered that because i'll be honest i forgot he did mma um but um i don't know it wouldn't stun me again if he popped up in one of these big japans or zero ones at the turn of the year because maybe he w- wants to be a big fish in a small pond to prove that he could be the guy you know, if he goes to New Japan, I see a massive repackage. It doesn't feel like a fit in Noah to me, but who knows? But, um, you know, we'll see when contract time comes around. You know, All Japan, you know, they could be on some shaky financial ground. Maybe he's not the only one. Right. And we, you know, we've, seen that, we've seen that, unfortunately, with companies that are uh, on the uh, not doing well, is there's always tends to be a little bit of a, you know, hey, if you want to go, you can, you can go. You know, like... <laughs> They're not keeping the guys, you know, and that, that happens a lot. And all Japan, especially over the last couple of years, has, has been very open to just like, hey, if you want to go, feel free to go, man. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to stop you the, if you want to go. Use, they could use the freshening up with some of the new faces they have and maybe get Jake Lee out of there. And, you know, maybe maybe downcycle Suji Ishikawa since he's washed up. And I think that'll be that'll be good for all. I think all Japan is going to look a lot different next year. And that's not bad. That I think is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, I think we have bounced. I think we've sufficiently bounced, and I think we've sufficiently done this show. So, uh, of course, VoicesOfWrestling.com, where you get all of the previews, reviews, columns, all that other good stuff. Uh, we are on Patreon as well as we talked about FlagshipPatreon.com, Patreon.com/slash VoicesOfWrestling. Instant reaction. Uh, for this weekend for ROH Final Battle, as well as a reaction show to uh, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio, uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame um, results coming up very, very soon uh, as well for that. And uh, yeah, voiceofwrestling.com, as I said, Discord, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join the conversation there. And uh, yeah, I think that is it. So for Joe, I'm Rich, and we'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.